Welcome to Central Industrial. We are we are we are, we are the future. 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 When the pimps in the crib, ma, drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. how unprofessional this podcast sounds anymore. Break it down. In singularity, the game has a gun. <laughs> this is the podcast where we're really, really dismissive about everything. Prepare for a lot of, a lot of, except for a lot of hate. Two things. Maybe one game I talk about that's like one of the best games ever. First, let's rail on singularity, which you didn't even touch. Hey man, just for clarity's sake. You want to hear the story about this? But listeners. But two of you, I was swindled <laughs> by you. I trapped Sean in a bear trap, <laughs> marked Gamefly. <laughs> he stepped in that bear trap in the middle of a forest, <laughs> slammed on his leg, and he was going to play Singularity, Singularity for the hundred and some points, achievement points worth. Oh God! I rented Singularity. He came to Sean's house. He said, "Hey, why don't you pop that in and give it a go on your account?" And he yeah. did. Unlocked a few achievements, and I <sighs> left the game here Yep. with him, and I don't know, a few achievements, and I sort of expected him to kind of, right. I don't know, deal with it. The game seemed promising enough, but apparently it wasn't. No, it's really perplexing, all of the uh, attention that game has gotten. <coughs> it's way worse than Wolfenstein, I'll it's tell you that. Especially... Um, that I can't speak to because I didn't play Wolfenstein. But from the sound of it, and from what I've seen of Wolfenstein, that is uh, that is the case. But uh, everyone uh, everyone loves to cheer for something, and everybody seemed really into wanting to cheer for Singularity because it's the game Activision supposedly sent to die, uh, and having played it for good reason because it's fucking terrible. Well, do you think it's as bad as everyone was expecting it to be, I guess, is the question. It's exactly... Okay, so... It's I exactly the game I thought it was prior to hearing and reading all of these things on the internet about... It's really not that bad, and I can't understand why Activision sent this to die. Before that, it's ex- the game I thought it was is the game it is. It's a mediocre shooter. Yeah. It's a really mediocre shooter. Um, it's just boring, man. What? Do, wh- why would you do that to yourself? It's uh, at least Wolfenstein mixes it up. I don't know that I would necessarily call it boring, as it is just not well designed. It's, it's just not well designed. It has some interesting ideas in it. They're presented fairly well, and like a, uh, I'm sure everybody knows if they know anything about this game, in a fairly Bioshock style manner of you're coming into a place after some sort of incident has occurred 
and you're piecing together what's going on. And there's some science fiction elements with time travel and weird elements and all this kind of stuff. But basically, it's like every other fucking game that our generation's making. But none of that matters uh, because the game is does not control well. And what are you playing a shooter for if not for a game that controls well or has mechanics that are interesting to exploit? Or see how they work, or I don't know, piece together. I guess like you're given abilities, and how do you utilize those abilities, and what order do you use them, and how do you navigate yeah. and traverse and get through the game world with these abilities? Well, I play video games because the core gameplay mechanic is fun. That always helps. Um, I typically, I mean, I'm usually I play shooters for the story, or not for the story, but I like a shooter with a good story. Uh, I definitely don't play shooters for the competitive aspect of multiplayer. Uh, at least not anymore. And uh, Singularity is basically a game that I'm not sure anybody ever played the final product. And I don't mean that in the... of I'm not sure anybody played it. I really don't think anybody played the game once it was done. Because there are just things that the game asks of you and they don't give you the necessary tools to solve those problems. What do you mean? Uh, like reloading. Uh, reloading is excessively slow. And in order to heal yourself, you what what happens within the context of the game is you're you're bandaging your wounds. Right. So you don't have like health packs. You don't have like stim packs. You don't have health vials. You have bandages. And every single time that you heal yourself, your character goes into a bandage animation that is only interrupted by you being damaged which will happen because that's usually the only time you need to heal oh. so at least in a game like Bioshock you could conveniently just sort of hit whatever I forget what button it was but hit the button of like Why? use health, health vial but continue playing Sure. like there wasn't an animation that stopped the game and like here's your character wrapping his arm in a bandage you know and there's just scenarios in the game that are near impossible to navigate without playing them several times over and basically tricking the game. That sounds fun. Not really. <laughs> impossible. The time mechanic's really stupid. It's a gimmick. Like, within five minutes you've done, you've seen everything it will do. And... Is Nolan North in the game? No, he's not in the game. And there's no dreams. But... The time powers are used to rewind <laughs> or advanced advanced uh, time on an object. So watching these things put themselves back together gets old really fast because it makes no sense. There's really. only set there's only set items in the game world. Yeah, you know it's not like you can just point it at anything and go, "I'm gonna age that," or "I'm going to revert that," or whatever. I don't know. It's not good. It's just it's not good. No, I said Nolan North, but I think you might have thought Christopher Nolan. Oh, you said Nolan North. Yeah, I just watched. We just watched that video. No, oh yeah, he is in the game, and Great. he gets killed really quickly. That's good. He dies within the first uh, twenty minutes. But the game's about time travel, so he could come back, I suppose. I don't know. The thing is that there's a lot of detail in the game, which I mean, we both can appreciate in terms of uh, yeah, graphically, it's really nice. Environments, you know, there's a lot of detail mm -hmm. and a lot of effort put into that, but. 
I don't know, it's just... there's You have to propel me through your game so I can see all those things with something half interesting. This just seems like a game that's pre-Fear 2. Pre... I don't know, to be honest with you, I thought that Legendary The Box was a better <laughs> playing game than this. So, I don't know. Which I never played, so I don't know. But it's just not... Legendary The Box is like a really bad game. You know it's a really bad game, but for some reason it's fun. I mean, Legendary The Box, great name, I love saying it more than once, uh, <laughs> is really a lot like a cross between a game like Painkiller and a game like Singularity, you know, where it's hmm. kind of a deep shooter, but still has roots in absurdly, you know, redonkulous enemies, and you should really give that game a try. Yeah, that's the other There's thing. There's achievement glitches in it, but... That's the other thing, is that, um... There aren't a lot of enemy types in Singularity. Like, it just seems like there isn't a lot of work put into most of the game aside from the graphics. And... You have to wonder... Like, you really have to call into question Raven's pedigree, I guess, at that point. They make good games. I mean, I'm telling you Wolfenstein's good. I'm telling you. I'm sure that it is. So then it makes me wonder, like, who made this game? And, like, just the story behind why it's really not that good. Because you'd, you'd expect it to be. At least, if not amazing, at least something a little different that yeah. you could appreciate. But there's really nothing different about it. At least not that I can see. So, uh, yeah, I won't ever be touching that game again. I'm just gonna live with the 140 points. I don't know. What, I don't know what else to say about it. It's really rare that I don't. That I just genuinely dislike a game. Yeah, me too. And I just I genuinely feel the dislike same way. that game. I really. I mean, if games play poorly, and I, I don't know. I, th I really think the only thing that turns me off from a game, totally. You know, it's not bad gameplay, and it's not bad graphics. It's boredom. Yeah. I mean, if a game can't hold me for some reason, whether it's the graphics or the sound or the something, then I just am disgusted with it. Speaking of that, Hydro Thunder Hurricane. Three, two, one, go, go, go! This is the worst game that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Any person in the industry who happens to listen to this podcast and thinks that yeah, that game is redeemable on any level you're an idiot, and you shouldn't be in the industry, and I doubt you can recognize good games. I doubt you understand what makes a good game. Anyone who gives this game any kind of credit is a bumbling buffoon, because there's nothing redeemable about it whatsoever. It's the most boring, bland thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I got bored watching a quick look, and I accidentally asked you to play it. <laughs> and I had to watch... The same level three fucking times, and I've never wanted to stop a game so bad in my life. It must be what most girls feel like when they watch me play video games. <laughs> Just this terrible, terrible fear of this will never end. You know? Yeah. It's miserable. It's boring, it's bland, and it looks like a fucking PlayStation game, except not as fun. And I don't know. For, for a really, really well-written review. <laughs> yeah. You should probably read Arthur Geis' review, because it actually sums the game up really well. Um, it's terrible. Is it, and I don't remember, is it 15 or $20? Or uh, 10 or $15? $15, man. Great. Here's an idea. That's terrifying. Here's an idea. Go buy Jet Moto on the PSN. Yeah. Cheaper, better. Same experience. More depth. 
Better experience. You have the better music. Way better music. Or uh, you can drop the money on Quantum Redshift, which <laughs> is a way better game than Hydro Thunder Hurricane. It's yeah. it may not be as crazy. Go go go! But it is a much better game. I guess it's it's particularly offensive because it's part of the summer, as we previously discussed. It's supposed to be, or you'd like to think that it's like a showcase of of the best of the medium of. Ten to fifteen dollar downloadable games. Yeah, I and mean, this year's some. I'm wondering if they put it in there because it's an arcade game, at heart. Yeah, but it's really funny because I don't know. Microsoft kind of redefined arcade with Microsoft Arcade, or with XBLA, Xbox Live Arcade. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they kind of arcades have sort of grown to mean something. The, the word arcade has sort of grown to mean something different. If sure. you ask me, anyway. Sure. But it seems like they dropped this in there because. It is more of an arcade game, and it's got its roots in the, ar in the arcade, and it plays a lot like an arcade game, and it has about as much replay value as any old arcade game. Um, but it's miserable. I, I don't think it deserves to be in that lineup. Not that the lineup surrounding it is, and it is particularly amazing this year, like we talked about a lot, but I don't know. It just seems like a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> game. I mean, really, we. I mean, I could probably sit here and dissect that game for its its. <laughs> Terrible, terrible crimes against game design, but... I don't know, it just reminds me of reading a book in high school that I didn't like. Like, that's the feeling I get. Like, read this for class. Write a report on it. The Joy Luck Club. about Limbo? Uh, I played the demo of Limbo. It, uh, it's kind of cool. I, I'm going to admit, I like it. I like the style. But um, it's not it's not $15. God, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I mean, rare is it. I mean, if a game is... Both of us are kind of style whores. Yeah. If a game really has a lot going for it in some aspects, I think we'd, we'd drop the money on it. Sure. Um, but $15 for some reason... For some reason, when we're talking about this game in particular, uh, it's it's kind of insulting to me. Fifteen dollars for it. I don't know why. I, I haven't played through the whole thing, but I know the length is you know only a few hours long. Mm -hmm. I don't have a real grasp on exactly how long that is, but it just doesn't seem to be worth fifteen dollars. It's it's not worth fifteen dollars. The number I heard was three to four hours. There's no replayability to it. I don't know. I mean, so we've talked recently about a lot of great Flash games that we played mm -hmm. that I think are every bit as good as Limbo, and and they've Definitely. all been free. Definitely. 
So $15 for this just seems to be, I don't know, asking a lot. Well, anybody who um, makes the argument that... Okay, so there, obviously this game gets, has been compared to Braid a lot. Yeah. And there are a lot of people out there who say that that's not really a fair comparison because obviously they have two different styles. The stories aren't like really similar. The only really similarity is that they were both games on the same platform, and they're like side scroller. And they're artsy, right? But I think that's uh, I think the whole like artsy thing is is a fair thing to compare between the two games. And Braid basically just wins because it was first. You know, like I gave my fifteen dollars for Braid because it was yeah. But don't you think Braid was a lot better produced game? I mean, mm. it only had two or three people I think working on Braid, if I remember correctly. Creating the actual core game and the artwork, I think it was only sure. Two people. And then I, I mean, I don't know. Braid to, just to be honest, like I don't know how many people worked on Limbo. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I thought it was one guy. It could not have been. I don't know. But I just, it, I guess the fifteen dollar thing is like, it's someone's decision saying, uh, these games are worth fifteen dollars because we. I don't know how to phrase that because we say so. Or like, by default, artsy games should be $15 games. And we're going to charge $15 for it. I mean, it's funny I because I my opinion... I don't know how to phrase that. It's like automatically liking an independent film because it's independent. Yeah. And not because it's good. If that makes any sense at all. No, I mean, it makes sense. I understand what you're saying. I have a feeling that a lot of the good press that this game got is based on the fact that a lot of people feel that they have to like it. Yeah, that's kind of something. Maybe, that yeah, RC maybe, games, uh, maybe that's maybe that's kind of what I'm getting at. Artsy games have that going for them, you know. They've they've got a real a real lead on a lot of the other shit that's being put out there right now. A game doesn't have to be great for you to like it anymore. It just has to be abstract or have some sort of I don't know. It just has to be artsy. There's no real way to explain it other than that. I think this game is actually a really interesting game. It's just not fifteen dollars worth of game. No. No, considering something like Loved. Right. Like, uh, you know, does does the artsy thing and does the... God, what's the word there? I don't know. Emotion thing? I don't know. They all yeah. have that sort of just... They're like experiential. I mean, that's yeah. the only I'm way I could come to describe them. I know I'm not doing a good job of describing it, but it just feels like... Yeah, like you just said... It, it, people who like and by people we're really talking about journalists or people whose opinions get published somewhere uh them basically just you know saying the game's great but they're just saying it's great because they feel like it's something they're supposed to like like everyone's supposed to like citizen kane if you really like movies or you know you're supposed to like inception because man what an audacious challenging film that is you know. Sure, you're admitting that you don't understand it if you say you don't like it. What's that? You're admitting yeah. that you don't understand it. I mean, you're not really, but you're admitting that you don't understand it. You're afraid that you're admitting you don't get it. Right. If you don't like it. But I mean, I think that it's a really atmospheric, cool, well-designed game, and I think the graphic style, which I originally thought was kind of ugly and, and boring and plain and simple, I think it really works for it. I mean, I originally thought that that game looked like garbage and the atmosphere that it was going for, I didn't think that it pulled off well, but after playing it with the really weird ambient, selected ambient works style yeah, yeah. Uh, soundtrack, 
Um, it actually gave me a, 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 it impressed me quite a bit. But man, not to harp on anything, but fifteen dollars is just not right. Go play Loved for sure. Go play Time Fuck. Still. Go play Time Fuck, man. I can't believe Time Fuck has never made it to like XBLA. Do you think? I mean, do you think it's got to do with his name? Because it's the guy who made or is making Super Meat Boy. Uh, it's probably somewhat to do with that. I guess if anything, I'm 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 surprised that maybe not necessarily Xbox Indie, but it it's never made it anywhere. Like I've not seen it on the blog. I've not Only seen it on Flash Kotaku. Game. I've not seen it on like Gaff, who loves to find really interesting, weird little games. We talked about it before, but that's something that's really depressing about it. Is I know some time in the future it'll be lost forever. Oh yeah, and no yeah. one will be able to play it. You know, I was reading. Speaking of the guy who made that game and, and Super Meat Boy, I was reading an interview with him. Did you read that interview? Mm -mm. I'm going to paraphrase the entire interview real quickly, but someone was asking him about Mega Man 10. Uh, you know, not nine was the retro re-release they did on XBLA, right? Or redo, and uh, 10 was the sequel to that retro remake, and. Nine was kind of interesting because it was unique, and it was a unique approach to that redo formula. Mm -hmm. um, Ten was, in my opinion, not really accepted as much because it was number one, it was easier, and number right. two, it was it wasn't novel anymore. Right, because number, they, they like just I, did it. It's sort of like Limbo. It's like it was second. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is this braid? You know. Um, so anyway, they did an interview with him, and they said, uh, what do you think about Mega Man 10 having an easy mode? And he said, basically, you know, I think that's bullshit. Um, that it was probably the result of PR people. Sure. And that they don't know what the fuck they're doing, because if you were to ask people why they liked Mega Man 10, or the Mega Man series at all, probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a hard-ass, hardcore game. Mm-hmm. And that putting it in an easy mode defeats the purpose of it even existing. Right. And uh, he suggested, or someone suggested, that he put an easy mode in Super Meat Boy that just makes you quit the game. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it just takes you back out to XBLA. <laughs> and he was like, I wonder if we could get away with that. It is pretty funny. I do like that a lot. Speaking of that game, I have no idea. Who knows when that's coming out? Man, that game is... That and Fez will never get released, man. When those two games arrive, I mean, do you really think they're going to come out before the next Summer of Arcade? Super Meat Boy has to. But Fez, I really don't know, man. It's like the biggest secret ever. They're like developing it in a bank vault. Meat Boy was supposedly this month. No With way. no date. Meat Boy is supposed to be this month? Supposed to be. Supposedly. Get the hell out of like here. Like end of this month. But I mean, I mean it's like August right 2010. Okay. Jesus, I would be so excited to play that game. But the culture is a perversion. It fetishizes objects, creates consumer mania, creatures endless forms of false happiness, endless forms of false understanding in the form of swirly religions and silly cults. It, 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 it invites people to, to diminish themselves and dehumanize themselves by behaving like machines. The only major candidate who opposed this war from the beginning, and as president, I will end it. We need more troops, 
more helicopters, more satellites, more predator drones in the Afghan border region. A game that we were way down on. Way down on. This? That has pleasantly surprised us. This, yeah. Is Castlevania Harmony of Despair. This is the point where people <laughs> who listen to this podcast would be quick to point out that maybe one podcast ago, two podcasts ago, we were talking terrible shit about this game. Yeah. No, we were down. And I was, I was probably more down on it than you were just internally, and I just didn't want to, like, vomit and talk in circles. No, I was really dismissive about, about how much I didn't like the idea of this game, or, like, the look of it, or, like, really anything about it at all. I wasn't even dismissive. I was very disdainful. I mean, I did not like the idea of the game at all. It looked like such a uh, patchwork thing. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, it really is, but there's enough novelty or... You know, I mean, I, I thought about it a lot while I've been playing it, and I think it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's such a weird new thing. That's probably what's propelling me through it more than anything else. Right. The fact that it's so... It's such a weird mixture of elements from different games and series and gameplay mechanics from different genres. It's just such a weird thing that you almost sort of have to see it through to the end. Because you just want to see how weird it gets. Right. I think the other thing... Well, that and I think this game, like I was I was saying earlier when I started playing it, is that I don't feel like this game... I don't feel like the description for this game, the way Konami sort of put this game out there, the way it's been presented to the public has been... I don't think they've been attacking it with the right angle. By saying that it's a level-based Castlevania that's multiplayer, which is from all these different Castlevania games. Because anytime you sort of take a series or, an, or a franchise and you collect a bunch of different characters from that franchise that otherwise have nothing in common, you automatically think, oh, what kind of stupid, weird thing are they reaching for? Mm -hmm. Like, because aside from Smash Brothers, anytime a game has that kind of, like, all the characters from this franchise, it's, it's like they ran out of ideas, and they're like, just throw a bunch of characters into a game and make them do things. Which is what this felt like. Which this, and then you have things like Castlevania Judgment, that we fighting game. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing. The same idea. Uh, automatically, it's like one point is taken away. Another point gets taken away because it's not a traditional, like, Metroidvania-style game where you're exploring a singular castle and backtracking and all that kind of stuff. Right. More or less, the levels are just Castlevania-themed, and it's just basically like a, a, a grind fest. Yeah, it's like a grind loot fest. Yeah. I mean, people called it Diablo, and I don't... I think that's probably the most appropriate... Um, probably the most appropriate descriptor for it is a right. Diablo-ish game, but you know, I kind of want to call it a dungeon crawler, and I kind of want to... I, I can't, though. It's really interesting. I, I, I would almost accept this to be the eventual fate of 
uh, the 2D Castlevania series. Right. I don't really see this as... I mean, originally I saw it as very weird, but it's it's grown on me to the point where I can see this game having a sequel that's executed with a little bit more pizzazz and in turn is sure. accepted a little bit better. And I mean, this really could be the eventual fate of this series. It really... I mean, sure, they're making the 3D one, and that could be a success and everything, but uh, I like the old 2D games, and this really appeals to me, so maybe it appeals to other people who... I mean, most of the people I have on my friends list who play kind of these old-school hardcore games, they're all playing this game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it very obviously appeals to that group of people. How much it appeals to like new gamers, I'm not quite so sure. But uh, I wouldn't feel bad if this is where Castlevania ended up. If they took this and rode with it and made it more complex and even more difficult and bastardly, you know? Yeah. I just think... I, I don't think it's been... It's kind of a weird... It's weird... It's it's weird partly because, like we, just, like we said, the Castlevania idea is pretty set in stone for a lot of people of, like, what a Castlevania game is. Well, what would you think... What would you say it is? This game? No, I mean, what would you say that most people feel a Castlevania game is? Uh, like Symphony of the Night, Metroidvania style? Yeah, just like a singular castle that you uh, you progress through and you unlock either spells or items or activate certain things within the game that open up new areas that you go back to. And it's, it's like a slow, measured progression toward uh, a final goal. And along the way you fight bosses and... You pick up loot and different like weapons and items and armor, but you're not. I don't know. It's it's harder to say because it's like I don't know the. I guess it's just like a grind fest is the only way I can think, or like a loot fest or whatever. I mean, personally, I see the old Castlevania games on the Nintendo as the as what Castlevania games are. I know you really like Symphony of the Night, and I liked it okay, but mm-hmm. I don't really consider it to be what the game series is. So this being kind of a mix of the two, of the right. really old school, the Symphony of the Night, Metroidvania style, and then something new, this sort of Diablo-ish grindfest, um, I kind of dig it. I mean, it's it really does feel like a Castlevania game because it's so dependent on uh, weird, awkward platforming and just... I don't know. There's, there's something... Well, we talked about earlier, you know, Symphony of the Night was a very fast-moving game. Mm-hmm. Um, Alucard was you were able to control Alucard so well and, and he was so quick and swift and able to move so quick and attack multiple guys at once and he was very acrobatic I guess is the way to describe it but in this game they sort of slowed every character down and yeah, uh, what you're left with is like kind of a mix between Symphony of the Night style control and the really old Castlevania control that was very stiff. Yeah, it's definitely more like the older Castlevania in terms of control. It's like right in the middle to me. Because you can still do some things with a sort of flair, but it's a lot more strategic like the old games. Like you sort of need to pace yourself and attack guys on ledges above you really methodically. For right. example, you know? Um, and I dig that. I dig that a lot more. And one of the bigger things... Um I mean, I only consider... Re- I mean, the re- the most recent... All the recent Castlevania releases, at least 2D, have all been that Metroidvania style that Symphony of the Night started, basically. But the difference between those games and this game is that... 
while the replayability in those games might have been high, it was usually because you started a new game. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, it's you're you're supposed to play these levels several times over and over and over. Yeah. Because all you're really doing is, since it's not dependent on uh, any kind of experience system where you you set stats and level up, it's entirely gear based. Which is not really how you could. Those other games had gear in it, but it's like. Like in Symphony of the Night, you could just grind. You could find like an area of the game world, and just grind in that area, and get Alucard like ten levels beyond where he needed to be to progress. Right. And have shitty gear, but still do really well because you were over leveled. Mm-hmm. This is more like a traditional Castlevania in that, like you said, there is still like some skill involved of positioning yourself and making sure that you know you're going to be able to time the jump correctly, or you know, taking enemies out in a certain order or whatever. I mean, it was interesting to me about that in this game is that if you were really good at the platforming and Castlevania-style gameplay, you could probably beat it a lot quicker by yourself or uh, or with someone. What I'm trying to say is, you know, by being better at the actual gameplay, you could be... Well, this sounds really stupid. You could be better at the game. You wouldn't be as dependent on the gear. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this is your first time through this castle, let's say. You could probably beat the boss if you were a really calm player. Right. But if, you, if you're if you not, you know, play it with some friends or repeat the level three times until you're able to defeat him. I don't know, it just seems like there's a really weird sort of depth there to the game that I don't think a lot of people are accepting or catching on to. Right. I don't think they understand the that there's, like, a, a loot system in place and gear and all that kind of stuff going on. And like all these spells you can get. There's just like any time a game has like that kind of stuff, I like it. The fact that it's in the Castlevania universe, I like it even more because I really like that series. Yeah. I like this series a lot. Roast beef. In the <laughs> in the he wall. couldn't make this jump right here with the wheel. Oh, he kept hitting boy. those spikes down there. Oh boy! What? He's reviewing games. Congratulations for on the website. You stumbled into <laughs> fucking car accident. <laughs> oh, almost in a video game site. This is like a spider pit in EDF. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, honestly, would you really... I mean, seriously. I know everyone, and this, this is the same with every series. People always want the old shit because that's what they're comfortable with, and or they're just traditionalists, or they just want to say that that was their favorite game and they want that again. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. 
But I mean, really, would you... I mean, I I'm being honest. If they released another Symphony of the Night-style Castlevania, and they released it for XBLA, they wouldn't put that much money behind it, first of all. So it would no. probably look very similar to this. Right. It's not going to be high-res. Um, it's probably not going to be 2.5D, whatever you want to call that. I, w I wouldn't be as interested in playing it because it's not something new. So just for the fact that they switched this up a little bit and made it new and interesting, um, they got my money. Yeah, now that now that this exists, I don't I wouldn't accept them going back to the older style of formula. Me neither. I, I want to see them, like you said, I want to see this refined. It could be really and, cool and expanded on. Um, if they if they allowed you to personalize your character even more, which doesn't mm -hmm. seem to me to be too ridiculous of a thing to ask. Yeah, I guess yeah. It's, or too it's, hard of a thing to accomplish. Yeah, I guess the things that I would change immediately. I mean, I haven't. I've only spent. I spent less than an hour playing the game, but the things I would change immediately is maybe uh, having the equipment reflect totally. on your character. Totally. So then you have totally. more. Like you said, you have more of a personalized look. You can still be Soma or Simon or Alucard or any of these people because that within five minutes it won't matter anymore because you'll be wearing different stuff. Right. Uh, all you're really doing then is sort of picking... And that's the other thing that's interesting. It's kind of like a fighting game in a weird way because, like, if you pick... Like, I don't remember what Soma used. Did Soma use a, a whip or swords? Well, he starts off with an axe, but he can use swords. With an axe. He's more like Alucard. Yeah, so, like, Alucard uses swords or, or axes or any kind of, like, hand... Uh, what's the word there? Like, bladed weapon or whatever. But, like, I'm playing as Jonathan Morris who uses a whip. And As you pick up an axe. Yeah. That's really funny. But I'm not gonna, I don't know if I'll switch to it. I like the whip. But I guess the other girl, there's that girl, uh, Charlotte or whatever. I guess she uses a book with magic in it or something. Like, you're kind of picking a play style that you want to use. Oh, yeah, they're all really different. you pick your different. character. That's, that, that is really interesting. And, like, Soma has his spirit thing you said that he had in, the, yeah, the characters in his are, Game Boy game. The characters are totally... They, they play totally differently. They haven't really focused on that fact. That when you pick a character, you're 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 not just picking a different avatar to play. Yeah, as. nobody focuses on anything, man. <laughs> really, they're just caught up with the fact that it's so different. I think people are just a lot of times when shit like this happens, they're just too taken aback by the fact that it's so different compared to everything else. And I mean, it really is different, but there's a lot of interesting concepts buried in this weird, weird collage of games. Mm -hmm. I don't really miss the exploring element, do you? Um. No, because all the all the exploring, all the exploring was to me, and it wasn't even really exploring. It was like I'm gonna go to this area and see what loot I get out of this area. And instead of having it spread over like a giant castle, they've sort of truncated, truncated it into these levels. But these le the rooms in these levels change so fast in style that I guess if what you're really interested in is just seeing new shit, you're seeing new shit almost every room. Right. Like, this room I'm in right now is, like... It's got, like, wood walls with blood on it. But the room above me looks like a prison cell. And the room... There's, like, a hallway next to it that's, like, covered in ice. And there's yeah. a room below me that looks like a church. Yeah, everything's really despair. And a lot of people have said that that is kind of a detractor for them. I don't see that. I think if it see it as, like, just a distillment of Castlevania. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. But you know what's really interesting is I kind of agree... I understand what they're saying because... Like, I remember playing Symphony of the Night, and mm -hmm. when you would move into a different themed room, yeah, you were really only allowed to sort of see that themed room. Like, it didn't really scroll the same way right, as yeah, this yeah, game yeah. does, yeah. you know? And uh, 
that really did, now that I think back to it, um, sort of offer the gamer a really different perspective of the castle. Like, I had always assumed or conceptualized the castle in my head as being a lot more uniform, regardless of how disparate its elements and rooms were within. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now that I sort of get to see how goofy it all looks put together side by side, yeah. it reminds me of when I was younger and I would look at like a strategy guide or a Nintendo Power for some really complicated level in some 2D side-scroller. Right. And, you know, you would see how it goes from forest to, uh, I don't know, mountain. Right. They'd basically have all of the areas stitched together in like one big image. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but there was no transition that made no. any sense between anything. It was just really ugh, like yeah. bizarre to you to see it all at once. That's what this game really does, and I think that that kind of offends people in a weird way that they're not quite... I don't know if it offends. It just makes them maybe a little uncomfortable because I do agree with the people that say it's a little off-putting because it looks so patchwork. Mm. But I appreciate it because it's at least it's different. You know, it's not HD, it's not redrawn or or anything. It's like a bunch of reused sprites. But it has a weird scale to it. Like, everything looks smaller. Like, your character is not really, I guess, as big as you'd think it would be. No, yeah, I agree. But I think the reason that they've done that is, and I commented about it when I looked at Alucard's sprite, is that instead of having, like a character that's so many pixels tall and so many pixels wide and then stretching it to fit a screen it's like every pixel in the art for this game is is a pixel on the screen sure yeah like they're not stretched beyond their boundary so you don't have that weird like fuzzy scaled look to everything yeah I don't mind the dirty raw pixel look no not at all I'm, I'm much more offended by the soft edged look yeah of a kind of uh, a blurred you know what I'm talking about I can't mm-hmm. think of a well, yeah, it's like, like to if me, Symphony of the Night, the XBLA port really did that terribly. Yeah, the game looked like a Vaseline-covered television screen playing Symphony of the Night. It was rough on my eyes. Right, <laughs> kind of embarrassing. I mean, thankfully, you can turn it off. You can turn that like smoothing off. But, but then it, it just it still it doesn't look very good because it's PlayStation resolution just being blown up really big. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's like I don't. I guess you can't please all the people all of the time. But I don't think. I don't think we'll ever see like a like a Guilty Gear version of a Castlevania game with like really oh, high-res yeah. sprites that are like hand-drawn and all this stuff. I don't think that's ever going to happen because I just don't think Konami wants to do that. I don't think they have the budget or the talent to do that unless they... I mean, I, I don't think... I think that what could happen is a 2.5D version of it done by um, Arc System mm-hmm. Works who's doing... The Contra right now, right? Because if the Contra game does really well, I could see them saying, "Okay, you want to deal with Castlevania? Go ahead." Right. But uh, I kind of don't want to see that to happen because I want to see how bizarre this version of Castlevania could get. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm I'm happy that this game is as interesting as it is, and it's not some like terrible hack job of just like reusing a bunch of stuff from other Castlevania games. <laughs> I'm coming! <laughs> no, I'm not! Oh, crush it! Oh. <laughs>
playing that one million troops game and it's pretty good the end <laughs> man I don't know where to start with that game because there's nothing really that there's nothing about it you have not talked to me about it at all really so I'm interested in tell me what you there's Tell nothing about it that stands out. Like, there's no one facet of that game where I'm like, I can't believe it's in this game, or I've never seen this idea before. Let's do it this way. You tell me why I should play that game. Remember that game, Chaos Legion? The game that I still want to play. Yeah. Me. Yeah. It's like that game. Great. Sign me up. It's, uh... It's really... it's It reminds me of that game a lot in that... has that dark... kind of... that dark Japanese fantasy style. Which like the I dark, really like the dark Japanese Lord of the Rings version of the yeah of the Western fantasy elves, dwarves, all the yeah. dragons, and that kind of stuff. Elves are particularly evil in this version, and like in goblins or whatever. But the thing is, like from the first game, in the first game, Ninety Nine Nights, uh, you had a lot of that, like elves versus goblins versus other insert stereotypical race here, like defeat the Frog King or whatever. Yeah. In this one, uh, they don't really do that very much. And they don't, uh, they definitely don't play up that kind of like, uh, uh, different fantasy races like teaming up and fighting like a, a common evil. Right. Um, instead of what they do, uh, instead of, instead of what they kind of focus on is the story is almost non existent, mostly because I haven't watched hardly any of the cutscenes in the game. Perfect way to go through a Japanese game. Um, Although I, I would like to say that they are surprisingly well animated, especially in like the facial animations, for a Japanese game. Because usually they're not very good. Mm-hmm. Like usually they're like Ninja Gaiden kind of like porcelain doll. You're right. I guess. Right. But in these the uh, in the cutscenes in Nine Nine Nights Two, they're really they're pretty well animated. Like and they're tied to the voices pretty well. And like it's obvious that they didn't animate the characters to Japanese dialogue and then just record English. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear that they recorded English dialogue and then animated a separate animation for the English dialogue that fits, like, to, like, jokes and, like, facial expressions that are appropriate for what's being said. It's just the story's really heavy-handed, like, this darkness has invaded this land and we're in desperate times and insert one of a million different fantasy tropes into every, like, mission. But does like, story matter? Defeat the Pegasus Witch and get the Light Crystal. You know, like that kind of stuff. And you're right. like, alright, whatever. But the 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 real core of the game is the gameplay. Um, is the mechanic of the game. And it's a lot like the first game in that you are going through missions that are particularly long. Like, upwards of... I think the longest mission I've played thus far was like f- f- uh, 50 minutes, almost an hour. May have been longer. Pretty significant. But unlike the first game, at least I don't remember this being the case with the first game, is that the progression system that you're given is that you collect orbs from fallen enemies. Or, God, it might even be called soul orbs, which is really funny. Um, for reasons I will explain later. You spend those on... Um, upgrading spells and passive abilities that you find in the levels. And once you find an ability with one character, all the other characters can equip it and use it, Mm -hmm. but all of the characters maintain separate 
configurations of like levels. Right. So like with the first character, you might have a spell at level five, but the next character they only have it at level one, or you know. So unlike the first game, there's uh, you use these magic attacks, and you use them pretty frequently, and they're mapped to the four face buttons. You just hit left button and then press like Y, X, B, or A, and you do some kind of spell attack or whatever. And uh, you use those probably just as frequently as you do X and Y as your melee attacks. Really? I don't really remember that being the case with the first game. No. It was a lot more like, in the first game, if I'm remembering correctly, you unlocked or obtained like new combos, like new button press combos or whatever. Yeah. It was like a level thing. Like level three, you, mm-hmm. you got to. And yeah, in this two. case, you level up your character, but all the level determines is your is your health, is your maximum health. That's all level determines. And there are certain weapons that you get uh, through the multiplayer, through the co-op multiplayer, that once the character is level ten, that weapon gets a lot more powerful than if they weren't level ten. So that's the only like bearing that has on it. And I like that a lot more. And it's kind of funny that in the press conference at Konami, the Takfuji said. You know, you can't just go in this game and press X, 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 and Y, 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 or else you're not, you're going to be, you'll be sucked is what he said. But what he meant to say is you will suck at the game. That's really not the case, though. You can go into the game and press X, 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 and Y, 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 and do a fairly confident job. E3 2010 is really funny. But the, the, uh... You'll be sucked. Y, 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 and X, X, and Y, 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 yeah. You'll be sucked. You'll be sucked. You'll be sucked. Oh, yeah. That level occurs in the game much later, and if you sort of follow what they want you to do in that game, which is replay a bunch of... replay these levels repeatedly, and just, like, grind out souls, and... and max out a lot of these spells, Mm -hmm. then by the time you hit that level, that's like a breeze. Mm. It doesn't take... it's not that much of a challenge. And... I just didn't like it. This game has... Well, that, that level also lasts like two minutes if, at best because there's a lot of quick time events in that um, also this game reminds me a lot of Earth Defense Force 
in its progression. Ayo. In that, uh, it doesn't really have the same sort of collect all the weapons, and it doesn't have that kind of low-budget charm. <laughs> but the progression, it reminds me of EDF a lot, where, like, when you start EDF at first... Uh. And you play the first at the end. Of, by the end of the first level in EDF, you're like, "This game is going to be impossible." Sure, yeah. But you keep chipping away at it, and then you'll hit some kind of point in the game where either you unlock a new, you drop, you get a new weapon drop, or you've just accrued so much health that the game starts getting significantly easier yeah. for a time, and then the difficulty starts ramping back up again. Yeah. And then you like turn another corner, and like that's the whole progression of EDF is like that up until yeah. I would say the very end where it's just. Uh, a lot of luck Praying to like to drop. like to finish out that entire game on every difficulty on every level. EDF. So in Ninety Nine Nights Two, it's kind of the same man. way. You kind of you kind of go up against levels, and you you really kind of get by the by the skin of your teeth. But then you'll find like a spell that is, for the most part, overpowered and probably not balanced correctly at all. But ba- not balanced in your favor. Sure. So then you take this spell and you max it out and then you just start like destroying every level that you go into. Yeah. And that's like when you turn the corner and you're like, man, I can just take on anything. And, and then you get put back in your place. And then there'll be something where you go up against a boss and you're like, fuck. So I like now I've got to grind out this other spell. A and lot you go find another spell and you're like, oh, okay. I recognize. That's, that's really interesting that you bring that up because I, re- I recognize a lot of people see that as sort of bad game design. I'm not saying it's not. I mm-hmm. don't really want to talk about that, but... I personally really like that type of game design. I think more people are used to... I don't know, used to, or I guess maybe just it sits better with a, a larger selection of people of just like a steady progression. Yeah, and, and sort of being walked into the fight mm-hmm. and walked through it and walked out of it. Yeah. There's not too much to... There's not too much left to the player to discover or to strategize, I guess, with a lot of bosses nowadays or boss encounters. Right. Everything's kind of laid out for you. Yeah. I dig that. I dig. I don't dig that. I dig what you're talking about. I dig that. And I think that's how the first game was, too. Like, before you finished one character's story, you could go back and start another character's story. Yeah. Yeah. This game works exactly the same way. And... <clears throat> I didn't play the first game enough to find out because I didn't really want to. But a lot of times you'll have uh, characters go through the same level in different ways. Mm-hmm. But every character has a specific action that they can do that interacts with the environment in some way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll go through a level as one character, unlock another character, who then goes through that same level that unlocks a part that the previous character can go back again mm-hmm. and now feel like find a new part of the level. Or like a new spell or a new thing to pick up or whatever. So you're supposed to play these levels multiple times across all these different characters. Well, how many hours did you play the game? Like 30? Um, I think right now I'm sitting at almost 30 into that game. See? That's a lot of time put into that game, man. When I saw that you had that much, I kind of freaked out. And then... uh, It's a big drop, man. 30 hours is a lot of... I've had fun if, for 30 hours. If I spend more than 20 hours on a game, it's I'm pretty addicted to it. Yeah. That's how I view it. 30 is really addictive. <laughs> and then anything above 40 is probably going to end up being one of my favorite games ever to be dropping that much time in it. So yeah. It's kind of why I don't want to you know, dip it in Borderlands because I know it's not as good as many hours as it's 
necessary to be. I still think about that game a lot, like how much time I put into it. I still it. think about playing it a lot, but. And I, I sometimes I think you know if I'm honest with myself, I bet you a, uh, a significant chunk of that time, I guess worth noting. I probably was not having very much fun playing that game because there are just some real sloggy bits of that game. Yeah, especially I don't think you the have second playthrough. In that game period, it's just a very well done loot game. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So there's a bunch of these. They call them accessories in Ninety Nine Nights too. That. Uh, both the spells, which are active accessories, and then passive accessories, and there's a bunch of them. And there's a hard there's a hard mode to the game, which you can use your leveled up characters in, just like EDF, because it's just like a it's like a continual progression, right? But then there's that moment where, I as I've been reading like game facts or like all these forums and stuff, that the last couple levels for every character, you, you do have to kind of be really competent at the game to get through them. You can't just rely on like a really overpowered spell. Sure. But then that kind of makes me think about there's all these accessories in the game. It makes it that there's probably some like secret combination of oh, accessories yeah. sure that just makes is. it like so easy, game right? Packs. I'm sure. And then, well, not many people seem to be playing this game, so there's yeah. not a lot of information being generated on it, right? Are you right? curious how many copies this game sold? I'm very curious. I'm way curious. And I'm also, I also would like to note, way from my curious. experience, that the only, the majority of people playing this game are teenagers. Easily. Or really unintelligent adults. Be just judging from the way they write. Oh. You know, like their forum posts. Because I've been going to Xbox Achievements a lot for help on, like, where to find this spell, yeah. or where to find this costume color that is for an achievement or whatever. Yeah. Um... And all of the information comes from people who don't know how to spell, have terrible grammar, terrible sentence structure, and, like, don't explain things very well. You know? Yeah. So I find it, I guess, a little intriguing that the biggest, it seems to be at least the most vocal section of the people playing this game are, like, uh, like males in their mid-teens. It's a game that would appeal to that, but I guess... I guess I just don't see this game appeal, like getting that kind of recognition or notice. No, because those people you know? who are playing the game, like teenagers, like you said, don't really... Well, they either do or they don't have a lot of disposable income. I guess there's a point... I mean, there's that point you reach when you're like 16, 17, when you have mm -hmm. your first job, and you're mm -hmm. like, great, I make 300 bucks a week, and all of it can go towards games. Right. I can buy pretty much anything right. I want. Well, if you sort of tear out these games, like create a hierarchy of... Most well known to least well known in terms of just how much ex how much exposure they're getting. Nine Nine Nights Two seems several levels removed from like Modern Warfare oh, or God, yeah. uh, Red Dead. Or, That's why I'm curious know. to see how many it's sold. I'd and really usually, like and I don't, I don't, I I don't know if this is an insult or not, and I, I don't mean it to sound elitist, but usually. At the level where 99 Nights 2 is, is sort of like our level. Like, you and I pay enough attention to enough games yeah, to know that this game, let alone exists, let alone something that would be appealing to us. So who are the other people that are buying it by accident? I guess. I or people know. who picked up 99 Nights 1 originally. And I think like, so. I think that's it, it, too. Because it's not getting any really... It's not. There, I haven't seen a commercial for it or heard no. of a commercial for no, it. No, no, not at all. And I haven't heard any even, like, passing remark about how okay it is. Mm -hmm. In fact, like everything I heard was that it was terrible, so... Yeah, there must be a very small um, demographic who's playing this. You. 
It has a yeah. It has a couple weird design choices, like I told. <clears throat> American Hours played thirty one. I mentioned uh, I mentioned to you the online component, um, which is called multiplayer, which they might as well just call co-op because there's no competitive part. Yeah. Well, there is, but <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. There's a series of there's a couple different series of level types that you go through with another player, uh, and it's only like I what was weird to me is it's only um, online. There's no local co-op. And you can't play it by yourself. You have to play with someone else over the internet to play these sections. Yeah. And what's especially kind of weird, dumb, uh, you know, this is definitely one of those achievement games where you're like, I want to get all the achievements because it represents a really idiotic expenditure of time <laughs> that no one else will do. Right, it's my stupid merit badge. Yeah. Um, merit badge of stupidity. But yeah. And those, old, like I said, those weapons I was talking about, those really, the best weapons for every character are unlocked by doing the multiplayer stages. And I only found someone to do it with through a forum. And I was a t- we were total strangers. And we spent an entire Sunday doing it. It was like a six-hour like ordeal. That. I like that. And the guy was just like, hey, man, I don't have any of these done. I was like, I don't either. He's like, all right. And we just spent six <laughs> hours. That's it. Like, just silence the rest. For the most part. Yeah. Like, like we died one time. Like, we died a couple times. And we were just like, fuck, or yeah, whatever. But it was no, like, communication at all, hardly. I like that. That's That, that reminds me a lot of Too Human. <laughs> Just like partnering up with these weird motherfuckers who really like two human, like you yeah. can't even trying to trying to trying to um, concept or visualize the person. Yeah, who's playing two human on the other end of the connection was really intriguing. And like, of course, I looked at his games. Sure. And I was like, I want to see what, what he the played. hell else is this guy playing? And he played. He had like a lot of stuff that I that like you and I had. He had like two human. He had two oh humans boy. like in the eight hundreds. He had Viking at a thousand. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you <laughs> exactly. Go. So that was that was pretty cool. But then it, I, I was sort of like, that's Did a really. Witch? I don't remember. I'll have to go show look. He's, to he'll still be on my. Just he's, message him. Say he'll be on my his. Oh no, he's on right now. I could look right now. But uh, um, it's just weird that that content of the game, those weapons, are locked away in such a bizarre manner. Yeah, that does seem a little strange. Like you can. They search- really must want you to play that. Yeah. Well, you can search. You can search like people hosting rooms waiting for another person to play with them and every time I've done it there's been no <laughs> like there's not even a list just says no results found <laughs> so there's that small of a body of people playing you rented you, this not bought it right no I have it from Gamefly okay. and I want to buy it I kind of I'm going to, I'm going to buy it because I've invested enough time into it and it'll and be like, really cheap they, by the they time deserve to have my money sure for this game yeah and it's just kind of that EDF like chipping away at a goal and then you turn a corner, and the game gets really easy for a while, and then it's just really fun, just decimating everything. Yeah, you know. And the levels I mean, are pretty well designed; they're not that confusing. I don't know. It's just it's a it's a sharp, it's a well-made game. I mean, it's not amazing in any one respect, but it's well-made all around. I, I really like these games because to me they represent something like, I mean, why why climb Mount Everest? Right. I mean, what's the real reason a person would climb Mount Everest? There's nothing just, just to say you did. There's it. nothing efficient about it. Right. You know, it's not something that happens easily. It's uh, a difficult expenditure of time that a lot of people would consider goofy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you get to put your flag up there. Right. And uh, and there you have your flag. And to me, a lot of these games are like that, where, uh, you know, a thousand out of a thousand out of two human is a pretty big flag on top of a mountain. Right. It doesn't really mean anything other than... So he has a thousand, thousand, thousand so that guy's pretty into it. Interesting.
That's a that's a that's a boat I'll never get on again, in any way. Yeah, I can't see myself getting back into any competitive multiplayer FPS again, except for possibly Reach. But I know that since Reach is going to be so chocked full of uh, firefight stuff, that I probably won't venture out of firefight. I, I I don't even necessarily think that I'll ever need to leave Halo Reach again. It might be one of the last games I ever play. <laughs> you joked about it months ago, but to be honest, yeah. What else do we need? Yeah. Korea I don't know. Firefight? I was thinking about it the other Jesus day. Christ. Uh there was a um they put out another trailer for Reach. It was the campaign trailer or whatever. And I remember watching it and I was like, Man, I'm so bored with this universe now. Like yeah. it did nothing for me on any way. In any way, shape or form. Like I wasn't like, Oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I just didn't care. Really? Not even yeah. campaign wise. Firefight I wanna play a lot. Yeah. But like just the story, I'm, I don't care at all. It's because they fleshed it. We talked about this too, but it is like we said. It's oh because no, that's, they fleshed it it's out. It's definitely so much a product that of that. But then it started making me think of, man, they could br- they could put out Firefight in like Wireframe, and it would probably still be just as oh, fun. Yeah. Because that's it's just the yeah, I don't disagree the flow with that. of that of the Halo style yeah, is what is like the game. That's play. the fun. I mean, I think that there was nothing really. Once you get over the fact that Halo's like a Heinlein novel, and if you like that style of, mm-hmm. of design and narrative and, and just style, um, it's not very interesting. What What's known about the universe is less interesting than what's unknown. Yeah. You know, and Halo 1 represented like, wow, what a weird fucking place. Yeah. What could I discover? Like, there's nothing that you're going to discover in Reach. Right. I mean, even if, it, if, even if you're just talking about a really cool environment. You're not going to stumble upon some picture that you haven't already seen because mm-hmm. the weirdest architecture has already been It reminds me of like doing like, um, I guess, uh, I don't know if it's the experience or if it's just the, maybe there's just some kind of chemical in, my, in the brain that's released when this kind of thing happens. But like, like in Doom 2 and you'd put on no clip mode and you'd find some like corner of the level mm-hmm. that you could never see. If you had played it normally, or it's like some part of the map that they closed off or whatever, like it's just some sort of leftover part, mm-hmm. and it's like a single one of those like gnarled tree sprites <laughs> sitting in like a weird space, and you're like, "What the hell was this for?" Right. But just that sort of sensation of like, "What is this? What is this? What is yeah. the story behind this?" And not having it told to you. That's why maybe the the next Master Chief game could be interesting because it might have an in- entirely. Not if David Ellis new. has anything to do with it. I played Ninja Gaiden too.
that game is really it's aged really poorly because partially because it didn't look good to begin with and partially because Bayonetta came out after it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so really, I mean, I don't think Bayonetta looks bad, but it doesn't. It's definitely not representative of the top of graphical fidelity right now. Fidelity or not, it it looks so much better than Ninja Gaiden Two. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like when we compared Darksiders and Bayonetta, we were pretty much agreed that Darksiders looked yeah. overall just looked better. Not that Bayonetta looks bad, but there's just like no, a lack of detail in some of the geometry. Ninja Gaiden 2 looks actually. I mean, I, I I feel okay saying this. Ninja Gaiden 2 looks really terrible. Wow. I mean, it looks terrible. That's it's it's not uh, half of it ha- or part of it has to do with the fact that it's got that really sterile Japanese mm-hmm. look that I I can get over sometimes. Um, you know that really this is a game yeah. look. Yeah. And I can get over that a lot of times, but I don't know just just because of the facts. Um, a game came out looking like Bayonetta that had gameplay as good as or as good as or better than Ninja Gaiden 2. It's really hard to take Ninja Gaiden 2 seriously now, especially because it's a really hard game to get into, man. I was on the fourth level only when I quit, so I, I picked up on that. And I gotta tell you, man, that game is just a <laughs> son of a bitch. If you play I really would like to see if you I really would like to see you try and play that game just to see how you would take to it. To see if you would if you would take to the I combat played. at all, you know, with, with the whole bullet the whole bullet um, time thing mm-hmm. from um, Bayonetta. For a, for a while, I really thought that it wasn't that big of a difference when compared to this kind of little dodge move that's relatively done right. that's done relatively the same way. But man, it is done so much better in Bayonetta. So much quicker, smoother. I don't know how to explain it, but. It might just be that I'm not good enough at Ninja Gaiden to understand how amazing it could be. I'm totally okay with the fact that it that my dislike for Ninja Gaiden might be based on the fact that I really need to spend a lot more time. Sure. With it. But my problem with that is I spend a lot. I don't have a problem spending a lot mm-hmm. of time with Bayonetta because there's a real lot to get out of Bayonetta. There's also an immediacy okay. to Bayonetta. It's really. It's really. There's an immediacy where you play it and you're like, man, th- I'm well, already having I'm saying. fun, and I haven't unlocked anything. I'm on the first level still, you know. That's what I'm saying. From 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 um, being a novice yeah. at the game to being a professional, the gradation between those there's there's so many small yeah. steps in getting better. There's so you're rewarded mm-hmm. in so many ways, mm-hmm. uh, visually and mechanically, before sure. you get to really good. Ninja Gaiden 2 is in the same way. Ninja Gaiden 2 is like <laughs> you're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're terrible at the game. And you'll keep playing this one scene over and over again until you figure yeah. out how to be good at the game. Yeah. And I can respect people who are really good in it and understand the gameplay system a lot but a lot and and I typically I, I like that kind of game that requires such a hardcore mentality and sort of a masochistic sure mind to get through it. But it's just it's it's very difficult to play after playing Bayonetta. Why did it's just very difficult to play. I really wish I had bought it to see or brought it to see. I only see replayed the first one, the first Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox. And I never even beat the first level. And that was a long time ago when I yes. did not have quite the appetite or sort of weird desire to play games that are fucking hard and, and or terrible. So that's been my lasting impression of that entire series. So I, I kind of dismissed two of just being like, it's just going to be more of that hard shit. 
Now let me play more Bullet Witch. You know, it's just sort of that weird, like, it's just installed in my brain now. Yeah. But I wonder now. Yeah. I mean, the really cool thing about Ninja Gaiden 2 that can't be overlooked is how... It's like they... If you... I don't know. The amount of time they spent on the mm -hmm. close-quarter fighting animations, style, yeah. effect, whatever, is just... It looks like they spent a majority of their time there, which makes a lot of sense because that's a majority of what you're yeah. going to be spending your time focusing on. Yeah. <laughs> it's the close quarter combat. That looks amazing and sick, and it's animated so amazingly, and there's so much shit going on, and it's so fucking violent and bloody, and just... It's an interesting, like, <laughs> yeah. tornado of blood, you know? And that's really cool. That is... Uh, that's what the game has going for it, and, and the different weapons that you can unlock and use. Um, every weapon like Bayonetta, will totally change the way you play the game in terms of style and in terms of yeah. how you murder the enemies. So, I mean, there's always something kind of new to see, and, and so in, in a lot of ways, it's got a lot going for it, but it asks so much of you. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel really hypocritical saying that I don't feel like devoting the time to it because typically these are the kind of games that I suggest are better than others because of how much time they request mm -hmm. you devote to them. But I just maybe the game hasn't clicked with me. There's been plenty of podcasts where I've said that a game was terrible, and the next came back and said it was great. Um, so maybe I need to spend a lot more time with it. But I know I played four levels, and even at the end of those four levels, the last time I'd started the game, I wasn't really having a lot of fun. I think so. it might just be a victim of what you said: is that it's been superseded by games that have done it better, <clears throat> done that experience better. Not only better, but right. but so much better. I mean, like Bayonet is probably one of my top four games of all time so you know that's yeah it's a lot of weight it's a lot of pressure to put on any other game that comes out in that genre now i guess so. it'll be interesting if you stick with ninja if you stick with it long enough to at least kind of be pretty sure of your opinion of it and then when you go to yeah. play like hopefully i'm assuming i'm making a grand assumption but i, I think it's pretty well informed when when you go and play vanquish and then after Vanquish, just being like, yeah, Ninja Gaiden just isn't... Like, by then, you'll be like... After that game, you might be like, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I don't feel bad saying that Ninja Blade you know what's is a really better weird? game Before, if we If you talk about that for a minute or whatever, but I've been listening to older podcasts. Not ours. Just from the other sites. I, did, I was not aware that Ninja Blade came out. It was like last year. Like early last year. Yeah, I didn't know. I was not aware that it was that. I thought it was older than that. And oh the no, fact, it's so pretty. The fact recent. that it was like eleven dollars at Fry's last year, I was like, I, that. Right now, no I'm really it. sad I didn't buy it then. But I just, I for some reason, I thought it was older than that. No. So you've never even played it at all? Just download the demo. Just do it real quick. Just go download it while we talk about it. You can play it later. I'm really interested. In, you, I mean, like, <laughs> you should even download the demo for Ninja Gaiden 2, but I'm, I'm oh, really secure in saying that Ninja Blade is a better game Definitely. than Ninja Gaiden 2. And it got way less recognition. And it zero respect. Mm -hmm. But it's a great game. I bet you had it come out after Demon Souls, it would have gotten a little more. One to the semen. The Tempest Worshipping Shadow Man Shadow Shadow
Demon Souls. <laughs> Demon's Souls. From Software, I was thinking about it while you were playing, might be my second favorite developer ever. Really? Yeah. Think about what they made. Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Atogi. Uh, Ninja Blade. Demon Souls. They've made Three. a lot of games that I have enjoyed. That is for sure. For sure. They really made cool, interesting, novel games. They made uh, the Kingsfield series. Which is yeah, a, which is, they did. Which is, uh, I enjoyed those games a lot on the PlayStation, the first two. See? Or, yeah, the first two in America. There was one that didn't come here. And then I never played the PS2 one. Uh, it came out just during a time when I just wasn't into that. Yeah, I wasn't never, into that. I, don't even, I can't even think of what it looks like. <sighs> it just looks like a better version of Kingsfield. Do you remember <laughs> what those look like? It do, still yeah. looks like really blocky, like squared off Endless stairs. worlds. Yeah, and like corridors. Fog. I bet you, I really want to play it now, having played Demon's Souls, because I bet you there's a lot of... Demon's Souls might as well have been Kingsfield 5. Really, because... It probably should be. They could have just it's called just it a little. That. I think it's a little darker than any Kingsfield game. Not yeah. that they were really bright or but anything. The PS2 but the PS2 one, I think, was real. It was real graphically. It was dark, just like not very much light. Whereas the ones in the <clears throat> the ones on the PlayStation were dark, just as a necessity of the technology being limited. You know, like the draw distance was real short. Do you want to play that Baroque game any? Now that you played Demon Souls, some remember that Baroque weird Neuromancer tower? Yeah, I still wanted. I still I wanted to play it before I played Demon Souls, just because it looked so interesting and I'm weird. Pick it up, I think. And they had like it just has that feeling of um. So Demon's Souls is rapidly working its way into like one of my top favorite games, for a multitude of reasons, and uh, not the least of which is probably because I enjoyed Kingsfield so much, and the weird. Uh, the weird sensation of being alone and being isolated that those games uh, elicit quite strongly. And uh, like I said, a lot of it comes from probably the fact that the PlayStation was a, was a limited technology and they couldn't produce that many like characters on screen. Yeah. And they couldn't like have that complex geometry. But I still wanted a first person... Yeah, game. it still was one of the one of the first games of its type that took um it takes a somewhat of a like a realistic approach to that kind of game, especially with like the um so like in Demon Souls you have the you have your health, you have your magic and you have your stamina. And they had that in the King's Field games too. And I remember when I played those uh being younger, I thought that's a really interesting Mechanic. I didn't think mechanic. Obviously, I didn't think in those terms. But I thought it was interesting that you had to like manage what you were doing, and like even in that game, heavier weapons used up more of your stamina, and when you ran, it used up your stamina, mm -hmm. and when you did various things, it used up your stamina, and just a lot of those concepts from those games are in Demon Souls, just more refined. Plus, with the whole like soul system, which kind of reminds me of. Um, I'm sure there are games out there older than this that use currency like this but like it reminds me of like fable 2 a lot like mm -hmm. the experience system where you had the three different types and then you had the overall yeah and you would just sort of you could spend and in demon souls you just earn souls that you either buy things with or you use it as a currency to up your character stats and like i said to you demon souls makes me think of a single person version of world of warcraft just with a much darker tone and thereby removing everything that makes World of Warcraft annoying to you. 
Well, I don't mind World of Warcraft sort of cartoonish approach, but there's just um, there is a lack of, I guess, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know if there's a word for it, but it's sort of like when serious ideas or serious concepts are presented are presented in a cartoonish way mm-hmm. that I don't like. You know, so like in Warcraft, yeah. you're supposed to really care about the legacy of this character Arthas, but you're there's so many goofy in-jokes and references to pop culture, and even the art style has that exaggerated cartoonish style that you're yeah. like, I don't, I don't really get into that. I'm not, yeah. I don't care I about your characters. I'm really just playing this game because it's just, it rewards me so often and in so many ways that I like playing it. Demon Souls definitely takes itself a lot more seriously. And it takes itself seriously in a way that I really like because it's sort of... Um, Demon Souls makes me think of descending a darker staircase and getting halfway and going. It's probably just as bad if I go back than if I keep going forward. <laughs> yeah. It just has that like like layers of darkness. Yeah. On top of things. Yeah. And then a lot of the levels are literally That's what you're doing. Descending <laughs> yeah. or progressing through like increasingly more terrible locations. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of cramped spaces in that game too. Yeah, which is a really weird thing, but done really well. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, done there's well a lot because the camera. I've never really, f- I rarely fight the camera in that game. Yeah, in some instances I do, and it, it made me think about when I've complained in the past about in games where there's usually two approaches to the camera in this regard. One, the camera acts as though it is physically in the game world and two, the camera acts as though it is not physically in the game world. So like if you pass through geometry, right? Some some games have cameras that don't pass through geometry. And like, um, oh gosh, I can't think of... World of Warcraft, camera does not pass through geometry. So like if you're panning around your character and in the you're game in world, the camera comes up against the wall, the camera will snap to in front of that wall, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't... There's certain locations you just can't get the camera into. Sure. Demon Souls is... Sort of both. It doesn't interact with geometry. I can't think of when it was both. But what happened... The reason it's both is because, like... In certain games... And I've complained about this because I don't like it. Because it's sort of... It's a it's a immediate clue that I'm playing a game. Is when there's geometry between the camera and your player character. And it turns transparent. Obviously, yeah. so you, you can see your character. I really dislike that, too. Right? Bullet Witch even does that. Yeah. Demon Souls doesn't, but it has presented obstacles for me in certain locations. Because there's some pretty, like we said, like you said, dense, uh, close areas. It's like barrels and like... Yeah, and there's like a... There's one, there's one level where you're going into... Um, you're descending into a mine. And there's like rafters everywhere. And there's, ca- there's enemies like at the bottom of these rafters. But you're like swinging the camera left and right all the time. It's like fuck, I can't see anything. Yeah. So I've sort of been—I don't know—I've been wrestling with the idea of like, do I like that or do I not like that? Because in one way it makes the game more difficult to play, but in the other, it immediately takes me out of the experience. So I guess what's more important? It just—that was a weird thing that I noticed about about Demon Souls. Mm. But uh, I guess to speak to the obvious thing that comes up when this game is its, is its level of difficulty. Now, I guess maybe having gone in knowing and having heard so many people say, this game's real hard. It's the hardest game ever. Yeah. And that's why I like it, because 
Games need to be hard again. Yeah. Slam my opinion gavel down. I thought it was pretty hard before you say anything. Not too difficult. It is, it is not an I easy I don't think game. it was too difficult. But when someone says hard to me, I don't know. Hard, hard to me connotes a game that is unfair. Does it to you? To me. Hmm. When someone says, I guess I think, I, if someone told me Demon Souls is really challenging and like mean... I guess for in some weird math my brain is incapable of doing or just doesn't do. I don't go, that sounds hard. To me, it just sounds like, all right, I'll just roll with that punch. Yeah. Like, because Demon Souls is just brutally fucking mean to you. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't really think that, I don't really think that Demon Souls is harder than a lot of games. I think that Demon Souls is a lot different than a lot of other it's games. It's far more right antagonistic now. toward the player than most games. It is, but I mean. It also requires a lot more patience and strategizing. Sure. And I don't really think that many people nowadays, Grandpa saying this, I don't really think that now a lot of gamers appreciate the, the patience aspect of games or the taking your time mm -hmm. and strategizing. Uh, like we talked about before, when they make boss fights easy or kind of... They hold your hand through situations. Right. Um, I don't think Demon Souls is particularly difficult. Like I said, I think it's just more... I want to say realistic. <laughs> in that you wouldn't have all these... Game mechanics or game tropes to fall back on. Like right. spawn points or this and this and this. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't know. It's just a little bit more... Oh, boy, I really don't even know how to describe it. It's it's really difficult thing for me to try and verbalize. that in the fiction of the game the fiction and the lore of the game world ties in with the way the game works. I agree with that too. It's a dark, terrible fucking place. So bad things are happening. Well there's that thing and then there's also the whole the souls thing. Like you're you don't die you know, I guess whatever this evil presence in this place is, is that it causes you not to die. Mm. You're just resurrected in this lesser form. As a soul. So like when you die, when you quote unquote are killed in the game world, you don't have a spawn point, you just start over again. And it's, to me, in some weird way, that makes sense in the lore of that game. Yeah, it it's, does. It's like, it's not like a, oh, here, just start off from where you were. It's like, no, try again. This, this, the entirety of this level is like the hell. Yeah. And it's like, if you fail that trial, you gotta do it again. Yeah. But there are ways to circumvent that system. To sort of, just like EDF, just like 99 Nights 2, there's a chiseling away. You're like, sure. all right, I'll play half this level, and I'll just keep playing half of this level, 
and earn souls and buy some things that help me get three-fourths of the way to the level. Yeah. Or another level. Which is, that's another thing I really like is that you beat the first real level, not the tutorial, but you beat World 1-1. And World 1-2 is, like, noticeably more difficult. Mm -hmm. But then World 2-1, World 3-1, World 4-1 are not as hard as World War right. Two, so there's like a weird progression through the right through the game Most, that yeah, you do. It's it it's um the worlds aren't. I don't really think that any of the worlds are that aesthetically different from what I've seen in the game. I mean, they are, but they all fall within the same sort of dark, depressing zone. Oh yeah, they all but, uh, they all evoke the same sort of atmosphere. Yeah, they're but different like, places. I mean, I'm, that that's not what I'm saying. I just yeah. mean I think it's interesting and it's nice that they allow you that different sort of progression, so you're not entirely bored with one sort of world's motifs. You know what I right, mean? Right, yeah. I mean, that's really a good bonus. Yeah, it's instead of the... Um, like EDF. Yeah, but instead of like the sort of I the... I um, relate every game to EDF. <laughs> well, it's worth I've it. I've done it like six times. It's worth it. It's, the, it's like, not wrong. It's, it's the genesis of all these other games. In some weird way, like if you drew a, a web of like related games. <laughs> but like... <laughs> in a lot of games, you go through... In a lot of games, you have areas that you go through never to return. And in the way the Demon Souls does it, it's like, oh, you saw this part, and now you're going to see a totally different world, and then come back to this world and see another part of it later. Yeah. So it's om- it's like a broke, it's a more broken up version of, I guess, like a Metroid kind of thing, in a way, just in that you go and okay, come back. Okay, that's what you're saying. You go, go and come back, you accrue new spells or items or whatever, and then you come back and you're like, all right, I'll tackle this part now. That's what you're saying. There's another aspect of this game that I really liked and I really appreciate it when I played what little I did was that the way you progress like you were talking about having to die and or basically restart the level over. Mm-hmm. Um, for how... This game is really like a visually dense game. Um, it's it's in its own way a lot like Singularity like we talked about earlier how that was yeah. so dense with so many artifacts and visual things to look at and see. Yeah. Demon Souls is kind of like that in that it's really... The settings may be considered generic by a lot of people, but the way they're decorated, um, the architecture itself, nothing is really symmetrical and boring. Everything's really kind of unique and asymmetrical, and and by going through the perhaps by having to go through the levels multiple times, by being forced to go through the levels multiple times, I was always finding out something really interesting or unique about the level design mm-hmm. that I otherwise wouldn't have if there were checkpoints, for instance. Right. So that kind of visually dense game and that sort of replaying um, of the levels, being forced to replay the levels to progress, I think they go hand in hand. Sure. And it's, 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 it's cool. It's, it's, it allows you to appreciate a lot of other stuff that um, in most other games, like Singularity, um, could be considered a waste of the developer's time and effort because you're just going to blaze by them so fast and unnoticed. Yeah. Like how populated the first, you saw at least the first part of Singularity and like how visually rich that shit area, everywhere that vis- that area is. But it's like it's loaded. But how many? people? As far as I know, you you never come back to it. Yeah. You know, and that's just like it's a waste. It's like you said, it's a waste of time. And it's like why get that specific about something that someone may never even pay any attention to? You know, yeah. Inject it with that much information. Yeah. Whereas Demon Souls has enough of like an anonymity to its environment where you're like 
Alright, I can kind of see maybe what happened here at one point, or what, I love that. what this place used to be, or sure. what people did here before this horrible thing happened. Yeah, I really like that. But it's like, it's not, uh, you're not finding, like, notes of, like, no. Minor Ted said this. Yeah. And you're like, I don't really care about Minor Ted. Yeah, it does. I'm not really that interested in the specific history of a place. You just can it tell. all comes back to abstraction, which I think yeah. I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but I've been thinking about it recently a lot. Is uh, not to get too tangential, but I was saying that um, abstraction is an inherent quality in video games. Yeah, what was last week you talked about it a little bit last? Was it a little bit last week? I but not you kind of that was a few weeks ago. Yeah, we we skipped the week, but you kind of broadsided me with it, and I was like, yeah, I think it kind I of is. Know. I think it's really important. It is important, but it's important in a way that I am not able to verbalize it yet. But I think it's important because uh, storytelling or narrative it has a lot to do with language, and language isn't necessarily a part of video games, and it never really was until recently. Sure. So most storytelling in video games is visual and therefore I think, not as I, detailed. I think most people throw up the, well, it's always good to be able to... I shouldn't say it like that, because this is a valid point. A lot of people say... <laughs> I should change your tone. I shouldn't put on change that your tone, voice because this is a valid point. But it's always good to be able to put part of yourself into the experience. Yeah, and, it's great. And, and being told too many things doesn't allow that, right? At all. But I, a lot of people throw that up and kind of and, and just sit back and are comfortable with that. But I think it maybe goes. A, there's a little bit more there for sure than just being able to put yourself into it. Yeah, most definitely. But I don't know what that is yet. Like I haven't dug that up. But yeah, there's a. I like that about Demon Souls. It's just—it's interesting to look at, but I don't feel like the game is dictating to me real specifics about what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, that game's so good, and I don't know why it's so mean and so hard. What do you think they'll change about the sequel? I don't know, to be totally honest. Because I'm kind of nervous that it's going to be a joint I don't Sony. No, yeah, that would ever. really worry me. If Instead Sony of just a from software, a lot of input on it. Yeah, I think they will. Unfortunately, if they made it, the only thing I could say so far is what I would like to see from the sequel. And all I can think of is really one thing. That's not obvious. Not like. Obviously, I want to play new worlds. That's an obvious thing. Mm-hmm. New loot, obvious. You know, all those obvious. Uh, the only thing I would say is make the uh, make the the online less obtuse and less like weird. Or I'll say I like that. or or at least be able to invite specific people into your game. So like you and I could play. You know, I'm not That'd be cool. like, hey man, come stand in this corner in this world and drop your soul sign. Right. And maybe I'll get it because yeah. no one else is in this corner. Yeah. Because I was reading how to do, like people are like, here's how you can try and get your friends. Right. And you basically have to pick a location and a level that no one will be sure, in. Sure, yeah. And just be like, all right, okay, be here. And then like if you don't see it, you load the world. Someone loads the world again, and it's like, because I guess how I that works. I never had to go in there, but I, I guess I, how I that works is every time you go into a world. It's one of several. It's one of several versions of that world. Like. That or it's like, you know, you load in the world and the game says, all right, 
here's all the messages people have left in this world, mm. and I'm just going to randomly select some of these to display to you. Some I won't, some I will. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean by that version. I mean, yeah. there's multiple versions of the world only dictated. There's not multiple right. versions of the architecture. It's just no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. who's yeah, involved yeah. It, it, with it. Level yeah, it just sort of randomly picks what parts, what messages in which bloodstains to show. Yeah. Whether or not to show a soul sign or whatever. Yeah, that I like that. I like that part of it because it's such a mystery. <clears throat> and it's like, and then you're really playing with other people, but you're not sure. having to deal with them. And it's one of the few games where <clears throat> I, like, I've never really, I can't readily think of a game where people can so directly help someone else without, in such an indirect manner. Mm-hmm. Like, being able to leave those messages and being like, hey, look left. No, it's... it's or enemies coming up. I'm pretty sure it's the first of its kind. Several, several of those several have been very helpful and I've been like man that's really interesting yeah. and I didn't feel like it was spoiled for me because they do it so they work it into the lore of the game so well yeah and it's like some other terrible man yeah, who's some, trapped in this nightmare with you some doomed man was just <laughs> ruined by something don't commit his same mistake <laughs> I, I like that so much the whole game is really dark and depressing and, and kind of just miserable so if you feed off that vibe, it's a really it's a I mean I, I you know resonate with dark things. That's just that's why I like the game so much. I can totally see that people who don't resonate with that style of anything uh, would be put off by this game on so many levels. Yeah. I mean this level I mean this game really speaks to a specific person. It speaks to like <laughs> a person who can appreciate dark evil things and masochism. Yeah. Because that's that's really what the game is. And yeah. fantasy. So I mean like you're speaking to a really thin sliver of a terrible demographic that I'm a part and of. And it's like it's like the I don't <clears throat> I don't know what it, I call it hard fantasy where it's yeah, it's it is like hard that fantasy. just like hard like night like night yeah, yeah. It's monk like, yeah, yeah it's like a yeah. knight in like banged up armor yeah. dragons aren't like fantastical creatures you befriend they're, they're terrible. terrifying creatures yeah. that kill everything sure you know and it's not like elves and trees that glow no it's like no those trees are dead <laughs> <laughs> like everything's like dead and dying. Even the um, I've said this to a couple people about it, and I pointed it out to my girlfriend when she was watching me play it. She thought the game was pretty interesting, but she's like, "This game's just so dark and terrifying." But she <laughs> thought it was interesting because it was just such a like such a thing that she wasn't like familiar with. Yeah. Right? But there was a uh, there's the guy um, stockpile Thomas, the guy that keeps all your stuff. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> he really intrigues me that character. Because, well, most of the characters intrigue me because they say so little. Yeah. He really intrigues me, though, because uh, the story of most of these people is like they either either they came here from outside and they're trapped now, or they were people who lived in this place that can't get out to start with. <clears throat> and this guy, the stockpile Thomas, uh, says like four things other than his initial like, here's what I do for you. He just says like four things. His intro is different, and his his parting words are different. I think. But like when you go up to him and you you talk to him to put his stuff away, he goes, "How does he say it?" He's like, he goes, "How are you? I'm keeping a close watch on your stuff. I promise. Like, like don't hit me, please. Like he's oh, so like the, the tone in his voice is so like, I promise I'm doing a good job." I'm not touching your things or do you know. Well, I mean, you're you're a terrible man who's slaying 
terrible monsters. Sure, but you don't usually have you don't usually have NPCs that are so like like every time I talk to him, I'm like, man, just just relax. I'm not like going to kill. You. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a beaten it's like a beaten puppy. Right, right. And he's always like, when you leave, he's like, he's like, you have a heart of gold. Don't let them take that from you. Like that's the it's <laughs> the last thing that will be removed from you is your good your good conscience. That's really funny. Oh, he sounds so defeated. And well, I'm the, sure he is. That, that, that and then like the um, the blacksmith guy is just so angry because he hates it. The blacksmith guys are really good. He's a really traditional, but he's a really good character in that. They game. both are the two guys. They're just so angry at everything, and they're just. I guess they're just. Oh God! Everything in this game just feels difficult, and it was like created under duress. Maybe not by the actual creators, but just in the game world. No, the game is the everything about the game is a dark, deep slog. It's like being it's like being uh, wrapped in newspaper yeah, I don't with know. a sweater. Yeah, it's weird. In four inches of hot swamp water. I wish I could more accurate. I guess maybe that I'm just the, the kind of person that feeds off that like horrible oppression yeah. feeling. It says a lot about you. I guess. I don't know. It does. I mean, I don't... I, I guess, yeah, I mean, it, really I guess does. it does say a lot about me, but yeah. like... You have to be miserable to make something this miserable. Yeah. Or get off on tragedy and misery in a weird way. Yeah. It's like being encased in ebony. <laughs> yeah, or like the prison level. Man, that's terrifying. Did you fight the butcher boss yet? I've just been like looting and like grinding up stats and stuff. Even the characters are, or the bosses are just so disturbing. So, uh,. Guillermo. Yeah, they have that quality style. Yeah. Maybe not even him. Maybe more like. Uh, no, maybe it's like a mix between like '90s, between a lot of '90s horror aesthetics, like Seven and Fight Club. And well, Fight Club was an horror movie, but I don't know why that popped into my head. But Fincher. like, yeah, Fincher. Like dirty, that that might yeah. be why it did pop in my head. But yeah, like Seven and Aphex Twin, and just like a really rubber Johnny, like really weird, dark, bizarre type monsters who are I don't know like I've never gotten to them obviously but I'm aware because of screenshots and it's one of the screenshots that turned me onto the game the most of that giant black phantom boss oh yeah it just looks like a, a giant manta ray yeah. of black terror just <laughs> yeah. like hovering in the sky yeah that was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen and I've only seen it in a screenshot I've yet to see it in actual in motion game. in the game can't even imagine how fucking frightening it is in real you know 
looks like a terrible take on Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, yeah, and I think it's the the, the the art direction of the game, the art style. Um, and I don't know what it is that achieves this effect. Uh, it could be textures, or you could boil it down to something really inane, like, well, the texture works really good, or whatever, but there's... It's probably a, a, a multitude of things, but everything in that game, we talk, you talked about it with the environments, but a lot of the characters and the bosses or, or just unique characters in that game are designed in such a way to where they have like a they have a history that you can kind of guess at mm -hmm. by either their literal physical construction mm -hmm. and or the way that they're textured or colored or they behave or whatever. Like the uh, the giant knight mm -hmm. who has the bit like the bot the boss character knight who has that mm -hmm. giant shield just slams it down. Yeah. You find him and he's just like standing in between <laughs> these two giant ramparts. Right, right. Surrounded by men, those men by air archers. And you're yeah. like, does this terrible creature just wallow here all day? And is he just in constant pain and agony? He well, are they? Do you think they're typically attacking him? No, but like he just sits there with so? this like collection of men. And he's just like, is he just so angry that he just has to be there all day? It's funny, when I first came like, across what him... What is his existence? When I first came across him, I always conceived it, or thought of it as, conceptualized of it as. <laughs> a battle between him and those men on the ramparts, just like <laughs> endlessly taking place. Yeah. Until you sort of stumbled in. Yeah. <laughs> at which time they all turn their attention to you. Yeah. And just decided to murder you. That could be it, too. Probably not, but it's 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 a funny thing to think of. Yeah, and there's no. I'm at some point. I don't know how the story develops, but at some point, maybe there's like a clear <clears throat> uh, villain that emerges. But uh, but as far as I've played so far, it's like everything is just out to kill you, and everything is evil just by the fact that it's trying to kill you almost immediately upon seeing you. Right. Yeah. There's no like general like the general of the army is like defeat my minions. Right. You know. It's just like, oh, you heard something horrible happened in this land, and you journeyed into it, and now you've fallen into this horrific trap. <laughs> and the only it's way to get trap. out is to kill everything that tries to and kill you. And you can't die. And you can't die. So the quicker so you, you do it, escape. Yeah. You can't even escape through death. There's no escape except to deal with the arduous task. But then it makes me think it's like, <clears throat> are these bosses, are they in the same fate, just on the other side? I think the like game just sort of doomed to reside there. Yeah, I think the game sort of um, suggests that to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I really think with the the concept that the I mean, I don't think that it's hinted at in any actual like literature in the game, but I think that the vision of that weird world that's alluded to by the designers and the way that it's persistent online and. and Mm -hmm. There's always a sort of connectedness to everything. I think that that's really hinted at, that that's suggested a lot. Especially with that boss that I haven't fought, but I was reading about it on that, that wiki page where... The monk. Where yeah, you take player, the place the player of the, can yeah. be the boss. Yeah, that's genius, and it's terrifying and horrible. It is horrible. It's such a fucking trap, But man. it informs that idea of, like, man, is everyone just stuck in this trap? It is. It's a terrible fucking trap. And, like, know? the bosses are just trying to get out of their nexus... It's an and interesting like metaphor. It's a really eat. interesting metaphor. I mean, it, it really is. You can take it as far as you want to.
you ever think in Trico that you would be the uh, the monster instead of the boy? Not until I read somebody wrote that. Who wrote that? I don't remember. Son of a bitch. Someone on the internet was like, what if you play the monster? Man, the I kid? thought that was a really novel idea until down. Yeah, I was just thinking about it like last week. Thought I'd throw it out there to you because I never really... I don't really talk about games I forget where podcast. I read that. Somebody was like, wouldn't it be weird? I think they did it more of like a... <laughs> I was like, wouldn't it be weird if you played that big monster instead of the kid? And then I was like, damn it, yeah, what? I could see that That'd happening. That'd be really weird. Because they have to change it up. Wow. Otherwise, I would feel. I think it would feel a little bit too much like a mix of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That'd be it'd be interesting to see if they could get a bunch of gamers to care about a little kid. Because people so easily care about animals. Yeah. Yeah. Not being able to save the little kid from something. That'd be pretty bad. It would be pretty. It'd be pretty interesting. Man, Demon Souls. God, man, that, that might be the last game I play. It won't be. No, won't but be, it's. But it's exactly like you said before. Uh, we were chatting one day, and you were like, <clears throat> "I forget what you were said." We were talking about games. Oh, it's just. I think we were just talking again, as we kind of about the uh, sort of. Uh, Disposable nature of games today. Yeah. <clears throat> and you were saying, are you? You're like, are you kidding me? I could play Demon Souls until I die. Yeah, you probably. So you could. could mine that game forever. Yeah. It's one of them. It's one of 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 a couple of yeah. games you could play forever. Phantom Crash. That's a game. Someone else just mentioned that game too. No way. I do not believe that whatsoever. There's no. No, way. no. Oh no. I'm sorry. No, they didn't. Somebody was selling it in a in a, in a thread on Gaff. There's a registration card in your copy. Maybe I should send it in. Which gaming magazines do you read? PC Gamer, EGM, GamePro, Official Xbox, Xbox Nation, CGW. Computer Gaming World? Is that wow, what it is? Wow, yeah. Game Informer. What other game systems do you own? PC, Mac, Sony PS2, a GameCube, a Game Boy Advance. Interesting. I remember filling these out when I was young. I only filled out... I remember Take my information. One. I remember filling Why? out ones for Capcom... Uh, you think if you sent this, Where would it go? anyone would get it? Where would it go? Fantagram Interactive. I don't even know if they exist anymore. I, I doubt they do. I don't want to talk about Fantagrash a lot, other than it's a fucking bizarre game. It is a bizarre game. And no, it was somebody was selling it, and I was like, who the hell owns that game? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, if anyone out there is listening to this and, and wants to try a weird-ass Japanese game, you should check out Phantom Crash or its sequel on the PS2, whose name I forget. But... Talk about a weird genre-bending, bizarre mess of a game. A mech f- game. It's like a mix between Jet Set Radio and... Hmm. Oh, I don't know what else. It's like a, a Jet Set Radio take on mech fighting. Weird-ass game. It is weird. But it's... uh. We bought it. How would you say it? Because of head, nostalgia. It's like a, it's like a head of... A, I don't know if it's ahead of its time. It just, uh, I don't know. So some of the concepts it presented are really interesting. Like, so you're a mech pilot in this circuit of mech fighting. And there are other rival pilots, as you would kind of expect from such a game. But it's treated more like... Uh, well, it's treated like you walked into the middle of a sort of persistent rivalry between sort of like um, like an online 
chat room or yeah. online, like a server yeah. full of people that know each other and hate each other and people are enemies. And Yeah. I mean, they all have different... Their names are handles. It's easily like when I, I've started playing TF2 again every once in a while. And there's a couple servers that I've managed to find that I like playing on. But they're, they are long-standing servers and there are people on there who like know each other. And yeah. It's one of those kind of things. Yeah, it's like you stepped into that, but it's yeah. all fake and none of it's online, actually. Yeah, the game's not actually online. It's just it has, a, no, has no online components whatsoever. Sort of like a weird, persistent online world that doesn't really But then the other, there's the other thing of like... So you have your mech, or you have several mechs, and you can outfit them with all these kinds of all kinds of parts and weapons and all these things. And then one of the most interesting things to you and I both was the music. Yeah, that's probably why we where both like this game Where your mech has a music player of some kind of MP3, they don't really say. But it plays music while you're fighting. Or it plays music in the menus. And, and you can a, sort of, you can choose. You can make playlists. You can make playlists. And like name them. And like pick different playlists for your mood or whatever. Yeah. But you go to the music store and it's real. They're real artists, but they must be. I don't know because really I don't live obscure in Japan. Japanese. So they could be big in Japan. I don't even know it. But they don't treat it that way. And like all the albums have fake, assumedly fake or like made up artwork. And they have like little bios about the artists, and then they have their web address, their website address on there. And it's this weird. The only thing I can think of that's like it maybe would be like dot .hack. Where it's like a fake version of an online community. Yeah. But there's no actual participation at all. At all. But there's like personalities and when you're in the battlegrounds, people come in and they like send you chat messages. Yeah. And it utilizes like emoticons and little heart symbols and it does that sort of aesthetic. For sure. Which is bizarre. Eight-year-old game now already. That's kind of crazy. It's bizarre that something like that... I mean, maybe it has... I was 19 when this game came out. That's kind of hard to, to swallow. <clears throat> Jesus. I just can't think of another game that's tried to do something like that. Um, but I guess everything's on. I mean, everything's actually online now. Right. So why would you fake it? Yeah. But God, I don't know. It's an interesting game. But you were watching me play it again after I bought it, and you were saying that just watching me navigate the menus it was tiring. Your brain Honestly, just I couldn't I'm, handle it. I can only assume that I've gotten better at games in general. Navigating mm -hmm. menus, playing them, etc. In Inferring the certain things about how they operate. Yeah, in the yeah. past eight years. Yeah. Except when I watched this, it was sort of, I felt like a dad watching his son play something that he didn't quite understand what was even happening on the screen. I mean, like the way you were navigating the menus. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't get as far as you, I don't yeah. think, but I played the game. I played it for a while. Uh, yeah, it was just also alien to me and made such little sense, and I'm not sure if that's a product of the fact that the design itself is really old and outdated. So old and outdated that it seems futuristic, and like it way might, too could complex. have been part of it because it was kind of a f the actual navigation of the menus was really clunky. It was really clunky. Yeah. It was just like it was sort of just uh, my my opinion of the. This is really getting to the nitty gritty, but <laughs> my opinion of the menus in that game are that there was the person who designed them just didn't know how to design it, uh, how to structure. <laughs> the menus because yeah. that seems to be the problem it, it seemed to be too many choices um, at any given time yeah you know there was no like root system to the menus it yeah was so just sort sub menu into sub menu a crazy fucking journey through these menus that meant nothing <laughs> it was crazy but it's a really weird game it's a really it's weird game dollars. you can pick it up it was five dollars and Amazon still sells it new <sighs> man for the Xbox 
Where are those copies sitting? It's like a such a good aesthetic. And okay, it's then, yeah, wasted then on that on game. Page. Then we're pretty much on the same page. I guess the I just really they did that aesthetic so it's well. It's amazing. It's one of the most original things I've seen done in video games in history. Yeah, it's pretty good. And the only good thing about this game doing it is that other people are going to copy it and mm-hmm. make better games with it. Definitely. Because the the game itself is not fun. I play games that are fun to play, not fun to look at. Yeah. You know, and this game is really I, the aesthetics of a game are typically they can be enough to drive me through a game, like we mentioned earlier. Sure, but in the case of this game, no, I, but, I'm not that interested. In the but story, in the case the characters, of this game, because it doesn't really do anything new gameplay wise. No, it's terrible. I mean, it's like such a other people have said, it's a third, it's a third person shooter with every single like trope and mechanic that comes with that game that you call a third person shooter. But yet somehow it's not fun. I know that I know what you're saying, but you know what? It, it felt when I played it, at least on the Xbox 360, it felt like it was really different in a bad way. And I hmm. guess I mean, like, it felt like it was a game from four years ago. I find I I guess I just find it interesting that you're saying that because I played the PC demo because it was it was available on Steam before it was available on 360, and. I really wanted to play it because I wanted to see how good they did the the whole like shitty video camera aesthetic. Yeah. And um, I had a kind of a difficult time controlling it on the PC because a lot of the controls were on the keyboard, and of course all the aiming is done with the mouse. But a lot of the like get into cover and run and switch weapons or whatever were mapped to keys on the keyboard. And I don't really do that well with having to hit a lot of different keys on the keyboard. Yeah. And I, I made the assumption that this will be better on a console because I'll be more used to it, be more like games I've played on the 360, and I won't have such an issue with doing simple things like getting in and out of cover. No, getting in and out of cover was difficult for me. So, yeah, so now that you say that, I'm like, man, maybe the controls just suck in the game. That's I don't think good. the game is fun at all. I mean, it's one of the most terrible slogs. <sighs> yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that maybe I didn't have that much fun with it. I just that was, I was too busy just being like, man, look how cool these artifacting things look, and look at the light looks so fucked up and terrible, and that's great, and like I can't believe you know, it's, it's doing like, this, like real time. It's funny because a lot of there's there's a lot of video games journalists and um, video games that's critics. That's a statement. That's true. <laughs> there are a lot. That's true. But yeah. there's a lot of video games journalists and and people in the industry who will occasionally make a really snide remark at, like, Michael Bay films. You know? Mm-hmm. Say, like, oh, Michael Bay films are bad. And they are. They're terrible. But, I mean, to me, most Western games that are being made right now are the video game equivalent of Michael Bay films. Sure. I mean, they're very visually competent and very technically proficient. But as far as... The quality that makes or should make them a video game, the actual gameplay mechanics... Yeah. They are really lacking, and I mean, this is just another really big example of that. And 
it'll probably get a 7 or an 8 from a lot of review sites based on how much it improved over the last game and you know <laughs> how cool the visual style is but it's just such a miserable fucking piece of shit game I, I really think that Army of Two is a way better game the first Army of Two than Canaan I never played it but I had a I kind of got from just watching but like, that game probably you know it gets knocked for all that stupid like bro-ness or whatever but I that was bro-ness like, I was I, really funny. But I go, I, I was like, I, I bet you that bro-ness is either funny, it's funny either intentionally or not. And I thought, you know, that game probably plays pretty sharp. It does play pretty sharp. Given that it, but you know, but people can't. God, control just seems to be the one thing that no one ever like addresses. Yeah, no on. one's addressing the one thing that makes a video game a video game, like the gameplay yeah. mechanics. Yeah, well, like we the controls are fine. You can elicit a response, an emotion, an experience through the controls. But if they're bad, people just... or Not even if they're bad. If they're just something people didn't get or couldn't handle, like, these controls are terrible. I don't know, man. It's not that they're bad or they can't handle this. It. But then if they're, they're not fun. Well, it's just not fun. Like, I think we had that discussion around the time I was playing Deadly Premonition. And people were saying the controls were terrible. And it's like, well, they're just old. They're just old, and they do weird things, and... They seem to do weird things in a way that is calculated and known. And it's not like they didn't know how to make a game. And we got into the whole thing of, like, you can elicit a response from a player by having controls be a certain way. But if it's in a way that people don't get along with, they don't say... They don't put it in... in they don't frame it like, these controls are just different, and they're I'm not, I'm not used to them... Or they're just dated, but no, they they're bad. Function. They're bad. They're just bad. But then, I guess in the case of something like Army of Two, the game might play really well, and people look past it because they're like, "Well, games should just always play well." But you know, it's a, but it's against a standard that is so different between every single person of what a good control scheme is. I you think know? the problem is that the West has sort of agreed upon a standard control scheme for video games. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's the main problem. And anyone who chooses, I mean, that's like really it's simplified. But anyone who chooses to stray from that is often looked down upon um, as a poor control scheme. I, I don't, don't really think there's such thing as a poor control scheme. There's there's poor control, poor mechanics. But I don't disagree with. Um, I mean, I don't I don't automatically disagree with having a standardized type of controls, but I I think there's a time and a place for when you should do that kind of thing. Like when I like on Borderlands, Borderlands follows the Call of Duty control scheme pretty closely. That makes sense because obviously they're going to want to have some of that crowd play that game. So it only makes sense not to have to make them learn a whole new scheme of controls and rather just have them get into it right away. Sure. But that doesn't mean every first person shooter should have those controls. If the designers want to evoke a different emotion or have a different experience than a Call of Duty game, then by all means, make a different control scheme. Okay, well, how did you feel about Two Humans' control system? I forgot. At first, I thought it was terrible, but after a while, I got, I, I got used to it for one, and two, I like it. I mean, I do think you think it, it makes sense? Pretty well. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense in that game. I couldn't imagine I, controlling I th- that game like you do most typical third-person. I think the experience that you have using those controls is exactly what they wanted it to be. And, you know, in a lot of regards, 
uh, Arkham Asylum has a somewhat similar type of combat, and we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. But everybody would say that Arkham Asylum is a great game, that Two Human is a piece of junk, even though a lot of the concepts are the same in the controls for the combat of automatically targeting an enemy, and they're not, you know, it's not, uh, Two Human is not necessarily hammering a button, and neither is Arkham Asylum, it's more of a rhythm thing. Right. But it's just, it's so selective of, like, what gets praised and what gets knocked. I don't know, it's so weird. I mean, I guess that's the basis of all opinion, of course, right? But it's weird to me that there's such a disconnect with, like, controls. It's a weird subject, man. Real quick, everyone should check out a person named Bo Blights video games. He made some Flash. No, he made some actual video games. Yeah, I don't on, know what they're uh, in. They could be Flash, but I don't know. On, uh, available for download. Bo, B-E-A-U, Blythe, B-L-Y-T-E. Yeah. His site is uh, Technopants. T-E-K-N-O, Pants. That's probably easier. Um, yeah, he's a game designer. He makes games. Check out a game called Uberleben. Yeah, definitely check out that one for sure. Terribly faded man blowing down a sort of endless, <laughs> an endless bit. It just reminds me of those sections from Pilot Wings and Arrow the Acrobatic. Um, but it's just so yeah, abstract sure. and, and pixelated that it's really kind of cool and it evokes a really interesting emotion, to me at least. And then he did kind of a Warning Forever type uh, procedurally generated shmup called... Shit. Such an abstract name, I can't be blamed for forgetting it. <laughs> uh, oh, what the hell was it called? Son of something a bitch. Doom Generator, something, something, yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it interesting. You'll see it, you're a uh, shit fighting brain. And it's really evocative of like. Oh, I didn't play it long enough. It is like Warning Forever, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot They like just get more like complex. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's apparently, from what I can tell, the bosses that are generated are generated based on what you do, like Warning Forever. The same way, you know, the oh, way you attack, the, the way they're generated. Interesting. As reflected in the way they're generated. I wonder, uh, do you happen to know what that whole revenge thing was about? Or is it just sort of a neat thing? Revenge, I think, is a score multiplier based on uh, what part of the enemy killed you, which which one of sure. his, uh, what you call it, and you just get a score bonus, from what I could tell. Huh. So in other words, if his right arm, for people who are listening, if, for his, if, his, if, a, if a boss's right arm shoots a missile at you that destroys you, and you respawn, the next part of him you kill is that right arm, you get a point bonus. Hmm. And a revenge bonus is what it's called. God, man, a lot of games turning death into, like, actually part of playing the game. Yeah. You know, like Demon's yeah. Souls. Well, Sometimes I mean, you want to die in that game. Yeah, purpose. did you ever play Battle Garega? Uh, I want to say yes, but I couldn't tell you. That's a. That's couldn't a, tell you specifics. That's a. That's a terrible game in terms of death. I mean, basically the multiplier. Generally speaking, the multiplier works where uh, you're gonna you want to die as many times as you can when you first start the game. Mm-hmm. To, if I remember right, increase the difficulty and increase the point multiplier. Oh God. It's kind of a weird. It was it was one of the first games that, that I weird. can remember or think of that took that approach to scoring or gameplay whatsoever. Yeah, well, you know, I think you mentioned that when we talked about, um, good, when we did the uh, award-winning Shmups podcast and we talked about Border Down. And like yeah, how, that's another how, one. That how dying in that game is sort of an in- integral part of getting better at it or just experiencing more of what the game has to offer. The real reason that I stumbled across this 
this guy Bo Blythe was because someone recommended his game shoot first to me, which unfortunately only plays at about half speed on my computer, despite the fact that it should be able to run just fine on it. I think it's... I, I went and read a lot of people are complaining about this, so... Um, hopefully if someone who's listening to this goes and downloads it, shoot first. Um, you're, it'll work fine on your computer, but uh, it's kind of... It's, it's, it's a roguelike mixed with sort of an arena shooter. Mixed with sort of a dungeon crawler, mm -hmm. mixed with sort of a Metroid. So yeah, it was that all over the place with like like the perfect mechanics game. and ideas. Yeah, no, I, I mean I think it would probably be one of the best games I've ever played. And the music is really ancient and reminds me of Indiana Jones on the NES. Yeah, like you could throw a bunch of like like uh, oh god, I just had two games that were pretty good. Oh, it was like Gauntlet, a little bit. Yeah, with like abuse. Yeah, that game abuse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You aim and shoot with the mouse, but you navigate this 2D world from a top-down perspective. And, and the world is all blue and archaic-looking. Yeah. And that's why I say it Metroid. Not only because you get power-ups. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it I didn't really think about that, but yeah, you're right. feels a lot like Metroid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it basically is just like a weird... If you liked um, Spelunky and the way that game basically <laughs> you know, is procedurally generated and different every time you play it, you'll probably like this game. I just wish there was a, an option for dual stick control with the controller. Because um, um, I like my games on controllers. I really like keyboards and mice. Yeah, I, my I increasingly do. I do worse and worse with keyboards and mice, except for... It's terrible. Like, Team Fortress, because I have to do so little with the keyboard, other than navigate. So, Bob Life. Yeah. That's his name. Check him out. Uh... Minecraft and what? Minecraft. Minecraft. I don't really know how you talk about Minecraft. It's just a. I don't weird know if I thing. can. That's why I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Because what the fuck am I gonna say? Everyone, just check out this thing called Minecraft. I wouldn't even want to call it a game. That's, it's not. It's a weird. It's thing a builder, weird world builder. It's a weird world builder. It's like your. It's like a weird level builder for a game you never actually play. Yeah. But I had only I played the free version. The 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 purchase version has more, game. sadly, more of a game to it. Yeah. Of like mining, uh, materials and actually like combat, and like not necessarily tower defense, but like you can mold the world. You can shape the world in a way that is detrimental to the enemies trying to attack you. Like you can wall them off, or you can is because people will come and tear down your structures that you build. It's like all this weird shit goes on in that game and quite honestly I was like looking at the prospect of paying $15 to basically add obstacles to what I really wanted to do was just fuck around and build weird places. Right. And yeah. like build weird temples that were like suspended over an ocean. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something you could do with a lot of other software. But the yeah. look in this, the look of this is kind of interesting. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of like an older I don't know. It's it's like if uh, 3D dot game heroes was done on the PS2, sure, maybe, yeah. but maybe even the PlayStation, yeah, because some of the textures are really low res. But um, it's the look that originally interested me in the game. Yeah, I mean, if, if without you, even knowing what it was. Yeah, if to say like um, you know, 3D dot game heroes is made out of pixels, Minecraft is made out of cubes. Yeah, which uh, you know, or voxels, I guess would be actually the term, but. Uh, Minecraft is made out of cubes, and it's like you just place cubes of grass, or cubes of brick, or cubes of stone, or water, or whatever. Um, 
It's just that simplified graphical style. Don't forget the meat. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hidden <laughs> beef. Hidden beef in this wall. I really like that that uh, that simplified pixel style, and it's that idea of like instead of like modeling something and texturing it, you're just building it out of cubes of the texture or yeah. the material. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting take on 3D modeling. And, Nothing uh, that new, but it's just no. Weird. But it's like it's an. I mean, like any like a lot of things, it's, it's an aesthetic that yeah. the guy chose. Because uh, I'm sure uh, he must be competent at building worlds on computers so he could make it more complicated if he felt like complicated right. looking um, but the free browser version uh, Which basic, is what I played. basically you just have endless resources and you can build whatever you want and you can destroy parts of the world and build parts of the world and there's no real penalty for anything uh, the only thing is that you save your creations uh, with the browser system like you don't install a game and you don't have save files or anything but I don't know. It's just like the actual game itself seemed to be like seemed to ruin what I got out of it. Like I don't want to have to have obstacles. Yeah. When I'm just trying to make something interesting looking. Right. And like just look at it from a couple angles and go, all right. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird uh, experience. But a lot of people seem to be way into it in a really weird way. No, it's addicting. I really think it is. Had I, I mean, I, I, when I messed around with it, I messed around with it with a, with a trackpad or a touchpad. I mean, if I had an actual mouse, you can guarantee that I'd be doing a lot more with it. But yeah, well, the 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 I don't know, what do you I want to say like the moment of truth. But what happened with me is like uh, I was sitting here and I was like, oh, I want to play this game. This looks really interesting. I don't want to pay 15 bucks for it. And I was like, well, there's a free browser version. Great, perfect. So I'm screwing around with that and. Uh, it's like 50 minutes pass and I've constructed this ridiculous thing <laughs> and I didn't I didn't sign up for a profile and I didn't do I was like fuck I'm just gonna lose this yeah I'm just gonna lose 50 minutes of my life and have like not even like a screenshot to show somebody what I made here right but then it was like man that's just gonna be this whole game isn't it just things yeah. you build this thing you spend all this time into it and then nobody sees it nobody sees it and First, I just like I don't wanna I don't want that I don't wanna like I don't know why it's different playing Demon Souls like I'm not gonna what do I have to show for that nothing a trophy you know what do I have to show for 99 nights thousand points a thousand fake points I can't do anything with but I guess at least the fact that there's like evidence of it mm. I don't know maybe the fact that it's a creation as opposed to me just participating in a system is what made it so much different you know, I don't know. You don't That's want weird. it to. You don't want to create. No, but like, just like, I'm comfortable with wasting time on on non achievements when I didn't actually like make anything. You know, like I guess the act of creating lends it to being like, you should. There should be more to this. Like, oh, uh, I kind of understand what you're saying. You know, I would probably say there's once you start creating something, there's more of a responsibility to finish it. I just don't know how you. Used to be that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know how you define finish, but yeah, I don't know. It's that's weird to me. What my problem is? It's a weird days. thing that I. Um, you said this about something else, and I I don't know if you were being serious or not. But it's a weird thing that I'm glad exists in the world. 
Whether or not it'll be something that I'll ever give more of my time to, I don't know. But I yeah. guess I'm just glad that someone made that. <laughs>that game called uh, achievement unlocked 2 yeah what was that i have no idea what you're did talking you ever about. play the first one no achievement unlocked is a flash game that some clever little guy made where he basically turned the earning of achievements into the game itself uh-huh and the easiest way to explain it in as little time as possible is that in the first game you start the game you get an achievement for starting the game you get an achievement for moving left. You get an achievement for moving right. You get uh, an achievement for jumping. You get an achievement for ducking. So it's like Game Tester, the game. Sure. <laughs> you get an achievement for almost every conceivable thing you can do in the game. And all it is, all the first game is, is you go through these... I don't know if it's multiple rooms or one room. I think it's one room. And anytime you touch a tile in the room, it's a side-scroller platformer. Or side... It's a platformer. It doesn't side-scroll because it's like one singular room. You play an elephant. When you touch tiles, they uh, you paint them, quote-unquote. They just turn white, as opposed to blue. And if you paint all the tiles in the level, you get an achievement. You, know, you get one for doing 50, 100, 200, 250, all of them. Right. You get an achievement for dying 10 times. You get an achievement for jumping 50 times. You get an achievement for playing for 5 minutes. Weird. So there's all these different things. Uh, you get an achievement for right-clicking on the Flash movie and changing the quality settings. Weird. So achievement unlocked 2... Weird. Just gets worse. <laughs> and the, the whole time you're playing, uh, there's a list of the achievements on the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. And when you unlock them, it like scrolls to it. And it's like, here's what it was. And it tells you what it was. But the ones you didn't unlock, it just has the name. So you can kind of like look oh, at the okay. name and go, man, what do I do to get that one? Yeah. Right? Jumpy. Right. It's like, jump, jumper, jumpist. You're like, okay, I jump a lot, I guess. And it's yeah. just quantities. Achievement Unlock 2 just takes that and runs with it, like, way, 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 way further. Way further. And, uh, there's, like, Your time's things. running out on this, just to let you know. That's okay. It's going to die. <laughs> anyway, I'm still not be able to defeat this man. Um, you get achievements for everything, and there's now there's multiple floors, and, uh, there's, like, more things to actually, like, do in the game. Just, like, weird little activities that you get achievements for. What did you play it on? Like, Congregate, or...? I think I played it on Newgrounds, but it's on both. I know it's it's on Congregate and Newgrounds. And, uh... It's worth playing just because it's kind of funny to see the, all the things that this guy came up with to give you achievements for. But then it, do, it does one... does a couple things. But it does one thing that really stuck out at me that I thought was so fucking weird. Is, like, um... There's an achievement in the game for opening another copy of the game in a new <laughs> browser window. That's funny. But when you do it, when you open that second copy of the game... It's a new game? It's a new level oh. that you only access through the second copy of the game. That's clever. And then there's like a whole secret level within that secret level that you get an achievement for in the other instance of the game. Oh, And I boy. was like, what a weird, like, mind-bending kind of, like, concept. I don't know why it just seems so weird to me, isn't it? <laughs> But it just seems so like... No, that is very strange. It, uh, maybe not mind-bending, but I guess just something that was so tied into the actual behavior of the player. Yeah. In the real world, well, in this world. So meta, Inception. Man. 
in in the real world as opposed to the game world, where it's like you actually went through and opened up a new browser window of this game, did all those things, and then when you close the older, other browser window, you get another achievement for that. So it's just sort of weird where it's like awarding you for doing behavior. actual things. It's just behavior guidance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's probably why it feels so weird is because it's so close to being just pure behavior guidance. I don't know. I just thought that was really... Turn your computer really off without properly shutting it down. Yeah. You're like, uh, all um, right. Well... Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Sure, it's achievement, right? But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. I mean, it's a, it's a smart bit of programming for that guy to be like, do these things. And there's a walkthrough. Like, if you just want to do it and get them all and just see all the funny things, he provides a walkthrough. Just like, here's what you have to do to get all these. That's kind of cool. Or you can just play it and uh, naturally try to get them. And there's like... Uh, in the first game, I think there were 125 achievements. In the sequel, I think appropriately enough, there are 250. There's a bunch of things. And there's like coins you collect, and then you get achievements unlocked for purchasing uh, DLC, which is just you're just purchasing the new floors of the of the building you're in. I don't know. It's cool. It was pretty cool. I liked it. I'll see it. I'll check it out. That seems really it was weird. Pretty cool. It's worth playing. I played it for like 15 minutes at work because it was a good time waster, but I mean, it's worth playing for at least a couple minutes, I think. I'm going to die. In this game. Right now. Failed. And that's a good time to end the podcast. To find out more about Podcast 1980X, please direct your web browser to www.podcast1980x.com. Thanks for listening.